Hey, I'm David C. Robertson. Welcome in to a very special episode of DC On Screen. So special, in fact, that it's not even an episode of DC On Screen. It's an episode of Breaking the Panel, which is a comic and news show hosted by the Giant Size Team Up Network founder Charles McFall, Paul Klotz, Chris Wisdom, and Brian Ibbett. Charles requested our presence for a roundtable discussion of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, with the hosts of Breaking the Panel and the host of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall. Uh, as one might guess, the discussion got a bit heated. I think we defended the flick well, but you be the judge. Let us know how we did, but for now, breaking the panel. Hi, this is Mike, producer at large for the Giant Size Team Up Network. This is the Batman v Superman episode of Breaking the Panel. We're going to have some special guests on the show, hosts from other podcasts in the Giant Size Team Up Network, and you gotta know, spoilers are coming hard and fast. So consider this your spoiler warning. These days, the comic book owns pop culture. Literature, movies, television, even music. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. This episode of Breaking the Panel is brought to you by Loot Crate. Spring is springing, so grab a map, your bag of holding, and some friends, because April's theme is Quest, with exclusive items from Labyrinth, Harry Potter, History Channel's Vikings, and Uncharted 4. And of course, we got our t-shirt and loot pen to help equip you for your adventures. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items, plus pop culture gear. And we here at the Giant Size Team Up Network love this thing to death. For less than 20 bucks a month, you'll get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique, one-of-a-kind items you're not going to get anywhere else, and even more than that. You've got until the 19th of every month at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and get that month's crate. Then, once the cutoff happens, that's it. No more. So make sure you head over to lootcrate.com slash giantsizeteamup and enter code giantsizeteamup to save three bucks on any new subscription. Welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we go into the headlines and the news of the comic book world. We're covering everything from the back bends to the big screens. Today we have a special episode. We are going to hit some of the headlines that you know and love us for doing, give you our opinions, but we also have some very special friends on to talk about Batman vs. Superman. Because if you're going to say the letter, at least say all the letters. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's That's wrong. That's wrong. No, he is correct. Right. Batman v Superman. No, just no. is the actual film title. No, there's a sir. V and an S, sir. Sir, there's a V and an S, sir. Sir. No, there's there's not. Hey, choosy moms, choose Jeff. I'm driving this car. Shut up. All right, because <laughs> so, I say Jeff instead of Gift too, so you guys can suck it. Uh, the voices you hear, I am uh, Pick Boss Fall. There is Paul Klotz keeping me in check. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Chris Wisdom. Nerd girls, I don't deserve you. <laughs> and then a special guest, I'm going to let you fight over who gets to say their names first. But we've got DC on screen and MCU cast. Go. You you kind of said their name first. I'm a little. Uh, well, you, know, you didn't let us let us fight over it. DC cast MCU on screen. Go. <laughs> I'm Matt Carroll. I'm Jeff Randall. We're over on the, uh, the MCU cast. 
So Matt and Jeff, and then we got Jason and David fighting for their right to party as well. Hey guys, how you doing? Fighting for everything these days. Hey guys. <laughs> so, so we meet at last on the field of battle. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so let's hit these headlines really quick. Klotz fill us in. Georgia governor says he will veto the controversial religious liberty bill. Yeah, so this is just a follow-up on uh, what we talked about last week on the show where we discussed Georgia's uh, pending religious liberty bill. Uh, we just wanted to update and say the Georgia governor said that he's going to veto it and says that um, you know, he he basically said that if he I'm paraphrasing here, he, f- he felt that it was discriminatory and that it was going to negatively impact the state, uh, which was pretty evident by all the companies that basically said they would look elsewhere to do business. Uh, not much else to say about it. So do we want to roll into our next topic? Well, I just want to touch on being the Georgia boy in the house here. That one, of course, you heard my thoughts on on all that last week where we went in depth about why it was wrong and all this other crap. But I noticed that he didn't make an official announcement until Disney officially said they will pull out of Georgia. They need that if, Marvel money. Yeah, Disney Marvel. And the That's NFL. They do. So it's Disney Marvel together and the NFL. I think there's one other big company that said we'll pull our business. Who cares about the NFL? Oh, Georgia does. The Falcons are a huge <laughs> deal here. Huge. So, they still watch sports? Not on this podcast, we don't. <laughs> Jason? <laughs> I Jason? do. I'm sorry. I watch the hell out of sports, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Jason's the only man representing It'll be me. Sports. I'm going to be very alone today. Y'all realize that, right? I watch this. I like, I like this film. I, I like football. I'm fucked. I just, I'm, I'm done. Give him a wedgie. <laughs> it's going to take all of us. All right. Yep. So, yes, very good news. And, you know, I dare say is really after... Breaking the panel release that the Georgian governor came out and said that he was not going to support that. Yeah, bill. that was totally the reason why totally. he uh, made that. <laughs> Dude, the world he revolves said, around know, me. The faster everybody said, realizes uh, that. The, uh, the, the rock god of podcasting said that I should veto this bill, and so I have. They, that, you, I believe that's an exact quote, I, right? Yep, I'll take it. Deadpool box office news, because we just cannot get enough of the Deadpool. We've got, uh, of course, we know, we know. Batman versus Superman's putting down R rated just because of Deadpool. We know that. That's okay. That's oh yeah. We know that uh Peter Pan, the next Peter Pan movie is gonna be R rated as well. Deadpool. Just so wait, say. wait, there's another <laughs> <laughs> for a split second I believed you. <laughs> I was like, I was like uh, wait, they're gonna make another Peter Pan? Uh, no. and it's gonna be R rated. <laughs> I think I might be down for that. Yeah, I think that might be <laughs> worth that might be the first one I'd watch. Yeah, no kidding. No, um, I, I tease unless because... Unless it's like that awful Alan Moore version of Peter Pan from Lost Girls. There you go. That, <laughs> I don't need that in my life. <laughs> uh, so I tease because DC on screen is in-house. I do listen to their show all the time, as I do with MCU cast and, and the Blazing Defender Report and all those other shows that we have on Giant Size Team Up Network, giantsizeteamupnetwork.com. What, what? What? So, but I, we do know that, yes, of course, they had to film the... All the scenes that are going to go back into the, the movie long before Deadpool was a hit or even released. But it is, it is bad timing. It just is. It's just bad timing like a week after Deadpool just well that Warner Brothers goes, hey, guess what? There's going to be an already version of Batman versus Superman on the Blu-ray. Yeah, they had to, to prep me, for I, it. Like, but yeah. I swear, uh, I think they just thought everyone would be really excited for their good judgment. And instead, it, it, it became like, oh, you copycats. Yeah. 
Well, that's kind of their it's mo, bad. though. Timing. <laughs> oh, okay. First so, of all, so for the for, for the listening okay. audience, you don't even understand how many shots have been fired pre-recording from MCU cast to DC on screen. And first uh, of I'm all, a, I'm a, well, no, no, that's just okay. hold it for it's the okay. fight. Hold we it can take it. So Deadpool, somebody film me on Deadpool. What's going on here? Long story short, uh, has earned over 242 million worldwide. Uh, box office numbers, which beats, oh, I'm sorry, no, it's 246, which beats The Matrix Reloaded from 2003's 742. You mean million. 746 yes. million? Did I say something? Yeah, you said 246. That's stupid. Not very good. <laughs> I was like, Avengers did that in their first weekend. <laughs> so beat The Matrix Reloaded worldwide run. Very good. Cool. Which held it, you know, since 2003, over 10 years, which is pretty impressive, by the way, uh, to, to hold that nowadays. So, yeah, it's uh, it's crushing still. Uh, it's, it's got one one record left to crush or to beat, and it should do it domestically. The Passion of the Christ still has it by $20 million. I think yet there's another. Oh, they've got that. There's Yeah, they'll get that easily. It's still, it's still showing here, and I'm actually tempted to go again. And actually, to be honest, right. as much as I like Batman versus Superman, I'd probably go watch Deadpool for a third time before I went back to see this for a second time. <laughs> just because I can't. Just because I, I can't it's there. Not because one. I love how you're priming the pump for what's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Batman versus Superman box office news. Of course, we're going to get into a general review, and there will be some spoilers later on after that. We'll let you know before that comes. But we, we are interested in how well it's doing, and is it going to be the film that it needs to be to build a universe? So, Chris, why don't you tell me about the Batman box office? All right. Well, it should today probably cross the $500 million worldwide mark, which is good. And we've seen it beating. I mean, it's got what? March, number one March opening, number one Easter weekend opening. Um, so there's a lot of good records, but it also has one of those um, not so good records. Oh yeah, what's that? Yeah, on the back end of it, it also has the largest largest single weekend drop off. Oh wow, really? I want to say was it 38 percent is what I read from the Friday to Sunday showing, which a lot of people have been blaming Easter for, but Easter yeah, Sunday can really that, screw that up. Yeah, how's that even a fair metric of yeah. measurement right now? Yeah, uh, I, you know, but here's what I don't like about that argument. Plenty of people saw Star Wars on Christmas. I'm just saying. But that's not fair. Christmas is a little different. A lot of people go to movies yeah. specifically on Christmas. Easter's that's a tradition of, of many sorts. It, it's Star Wars, and it's also one of the only things that's open on Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that the reasons that people are saying that you shouldn't <laughs> count the Easter weekend, you should be saying the same thing about Christmas. Because plenty nah. of kids only celebrate Easter for colored eggs just the same way people celebrate Christmas for... Christmas trees and presents. So, I mean, I hate to be anecdotal, but it, my family even had a tradition for years of every Christmas day. That was what we do. We'd hit the hit the theaters for whatever bizarre rom rom com Christmas comedy it hit the hit the screen. Yeah, whatever you can figure out that covers all of the demographics in your family. <laughs> like, of course. Uh, yeah, Grandma, what do you want to see? Well, what Grandma doesn't want to see is bat branding. That's what Grandma doesn't want to see. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, how do you know Grandma's not into that? 
I read her diaries. She may she may be a little I too into that. Absolutely do not like the branding. So how are we how are we doing on the numbers though with Batman versus Superman? Is it going to be a solid mon- m- money making movie? Yeah, Ooh. by the by by the metrics they're using, it's on target right now to make um, five hundred seventy five to six hundred million um, by the next by next week by this weekend. So is that just domestic or worldwide? Uh, that's worldwide. Gotcha. It's it's earning between it's earning about wait, thirty million dollars. Wait, a day. ask the DC on screen expert is the one who asked. Is that domestic or worldwide? Aren't you guys like the resident? I've got to look on- at the numbers today. God, <laughs> this is obviously on this. <laughs> they don't require today. To, yeah. yeah. All right. So, I waste a perfectly good piece of information. I, I, I like how I'm it's like phrased. out of town with like a makeshift situation here. I've got like nothing at my disposal. <laughs> and I, I was doing this for you, Charles. I'm sorry. I, 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 I you know, Batman is just a man with tools. I'll be Oracle today. Right. It's cool. I just, I figured that DC fans, like the DC on screen guys, would be crying over box office mojo every day until it beat something else. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's it's like uh, now they have the you know they show the box office showdowns, like what it's comparing most to. Right now, it's only comparing most to Iron Man three. Wow, y'all are just being brutal. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna prime the pump. I'm gonna come in on the DC side a little bit here, and I'm gonna throw Jeff Randall under the bus. Okay, Jeff mm-hmm. Randall, the morning Thursday morning of Batman versus Superman opening. This is where we'll get into talking about the movie here. The morning, it hadn't even opened in the U.S. anywhere. We're on the East Coast, and it's like 10 a.m., and Jeff Randall pops up. Oh, sorry, guys. You can't just – you just don't have guys who can make movies in the DC Universe. Sorry, it's getting a 32% Rotten Tomatoes. Like, dude, I stand it hasn't by even it. opened yet. Come on, I stand man. by it. I, I don't know, man. I, every time my retort's going to be like, I saw Fantastic Four. <laughs> I did. That's Fox. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Podcast. I'm aware that it's not MCU. Be specific. Okay. Yeah. Matt is Matt is claiming uh, that they're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast until they're yeah. talking about Deadpool. Uh, right. If I remember correctly, Deadpool is a Fox property. Oh yeah, we can't claim that right. either. It was just a good movie. Yeah, yeah. We, that's why we didn't do our own podcast. <laughs> and about it. hey, you know what? I feel good anyway because I've read more Marvel comics than either one of you have in your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. I, I don't. Dave, Dave, don't drop that mic. You need it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're only getting started. I don't need to drop it. We're only getting started. All right, Paul. You can't Klotz. afford another one. Paul Klotz, you just went and saw Batman versus Superman. Why don't you give me some impressions on it? Being hopefully the only other neutral party besides myself here. All right. Well, here's the thing. I've admitted before on the show, and I'll admit it again. I am definitely more familiar and a little bit more married to Marvel's content than I am DC's. That being said, I've always generally enjoyed DC stuff for the most part, though I have, you know, taken cause at different points to levy some criticism. Now, we talked about this last week. We were talking about the Rotten Tomatoes reviews. We were, you know, I mean, I got to be honest, I didn't get to see it over the weekend. I saw it last night. So I had to run the gamut of like Facebook friends like posting their thoughts on it. And I felt like it was a, a rough battlefield, uh, like minds everywhere, like people dropping spoilers and people talking about different things. Um, so it was a little it was a little tough to go in there completely like unfazed by what I had heard. And I came out of it pleasantly surprised. Um I how to put this like clearly 
I can see where people had opportunity to levy criticism that was fair. But overall, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed the experience. And I, I really enjoyed some of the some of the parts of the film as a whole. I could definitely see that it, it probably could have used a little more polish in a couple of areas that we'll, I'm sure we'll get into here briefly um, in a little bit. But um, overall, I had a good time, a lot better than I expected. It was not the steaming pile that I had predicted it might have been about six months ago. So, uh, like I said, pleasantly surprised. Good, glad you're surprised. Uh, did everybody see the Lego Batman trailer at the front of this thing? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Oh, you missed out because I know every it. theater has different trailers. Every regional areas might have different trailers, but there's yeah. a Google it. Uh, not right now. We're in the middle of the show, but at some point, Google it because there is a Batman, a Lego Batman movie coming out in 2017, and it looks like it's yeah. done by the exact same people who did the Lego movie, which was yeah, fantastic. Will Arnett, Will Arnett playing yeah. Batman, Will Arnett awesome. playing Batman, but the trailer. Oh my God! It is true to fans and poking fun at fans all at the same time. It is so much fun. It's it's you gotta you gotta check that out. A uh, little bit of breaking news here, unless somebody's already covered this for us. And you know, a little bit of late to the table news here. Ben Affleck has confirmed, or actually, his telling William Morris Endeavor, uh, the CEO Patrick Whiteshell, has confirmed that the rumors are true that Ben Affleck is pinning a Batman movie script currently with Jeff oh, Johns. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's confirmed. Yeah. At this Yay! Point. So I prefer. I personally like Ben Affleck. Rumored for probably six to eight months. I think. Yeah, so yeah, I know. like enough rumored that we were pretty day, pretty sure. Yeah, I didn't know that it was really rumored that he was writing. I knew he was rumored to be directing. <laughs> I read something earlier today that he had written a Batman script, even though he was only uh, contracted for the Justice League scripts. Well, he's contracted to work on Justice League 1 and 2 uh, as Batman, of course, and, and then he's co-writing, I guess, with some of that stuff. They're not really confirming all the other stuff in this, uh, what he's doing, but they did confirm that he is writing a Batman film, which would be outside of those three contracted films. Does, does this mean that David S. Goyer is out on the street now? Please. Please. Oh, please. I pray to God. I pray to every God. Every time. <laughs> every time I go to bed, that's what I pray for. Not my soul to keep. It's that Goyer's unemployed. <laughs> I think we found something okay. that has unified us all, all right. here, McFall. Phil, Phil, <laughs> yes. here. Yes. I will. I will gladly give my tax dollars for David S. Goyer to be on welfare. Yes, <laughs> all right, all right, please all right, so go away. Because I don't pay that much. I am known as a card carrying filthy casual, and I try to learn from listening to all these shows that you guys do. What exactly has he done, and why do we hate David S. Goyer? He takes pieces of paper and he shits on them and then calls them scripts. Yeah. And then people pay him for it. That sounds oddly oddly accurate. See the Puppet Master yeah. movie. See Blade. Wait, 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 wait. Blade he made two. Blade? Blade Trinity. Man of Steel. Uh, what? <laughs> What's wrong with Man yeah. of Steel? He has some issues. He's not good. Oh, <laughs> literally oh, everything. So to be clear. I mean, he made... To be clear, this is, this is a man who decided that it would be better to make Martian Manhunter... Some sort of strange alien creature from a petri dish that man created. Like he's uh, no, no. He has no, no place in this world. Out with him, Charles. As as a filthy casual man of steel should probably appeal to you as a filthy casual comic book fan and a an avid movie goer. If if you just and I've said it before, and the DC guys will get it. I have to look at it like an Elseworlds story to get any kind of enjoyment out of that movie. 
and I'm almost that way for, for Batman versus Superman. You have to separate uh, it from everything you've ever known about these characters in the I comic disagree books with other that. than their names. No, I have to say that's not the, uh, the, the new um, X-Men line. But, well, it's okay. DC. Every tale is an Elseworlds tale. There is no canon now. <laughs> yeah, they uh, Dan DiDio has has taken that from us. There's the, no such thing anymore. Yeah, this is this is true. <laughs> uh, so okay, Man of Steel aside, uh, I did. I was listening to DC on Screen recently, and you guys talked about Suicide Suicide Squad cast. So I went and checked them out, and I listened to their episode on Man of Steel. And I got to tell you, I mean, they they give a new light to that movie. They really do. They really love it, and they're deep comic book fans. So I, I suggest if you have an issue with Man of Steel, go listen to them. And if you still have an issue, that's fine. You know, you do. But, I, but we're, yeah. we're not talking about Man of Steel right we're now. We're not we're, talking we're, about Man of Steel. We're talking about Goyer. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to run through the list here because I pulled it up while you guys were discussing this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the Puppet Masters. Yeah. The Crow City of Angels. <laughs> Dark mm-hmm. City. Oh, I like Dark City. <laughs> Blade. Blade 2, Blade Trinity. Screw you guys. I like all the blades. <laughs> oh, no, that sucked. He executive produced on Ghost Rider, but he did not write. Uh, he was writer for Even Jumper. being attached to that movie is unforgivable. <laughs> Jumper is enough, Jumper is enough to, to send him off world. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jumper right. was bad. Jumper was bad. I'll give you the that Dark one. Knight, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, which he not only wrote, but he also executive produced on. Oh, the Dark gross. Knight Rises that he wrote. And for that, Crucible. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises, he's out <laughs> forever. Never let him write a thing. There's nothing nothing salvageable happened there. <laughs> so basically, like, now, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think Blade 2 was a good film. I enjoyed it. Um, however, I understand some of people's issue with some of the writing on it and stuff like that. So basically, if you just look through this list, like, there are successful and largely considered to be good movies that he's been part of but then he's also been part of such devastating travesties that it's really hard to determine the quality of his back catalog here based on name alone you know what i mean um one of my big issues with why i hate him is because the things he says are i don't care for a lot of his writing and a lot of his projects kind of get warped out of like where they started from, but then he says things at cons and on social media and I just want him to die. So <laughs> yeah. So he, like I, you're in the right support group for that. <laughs> uh, much like Frank Miller, who I respect for his body of work, like some of the things he's produced are incredible. He also says things on social media and at cons that I detest. So uh, yeah, I kind of just wish both of them would stop working altogether. And um Yeah. So that's my feeling on it. But yeah, I mean, he's been involved in some really good projects and he's been involved in some pretty devastating losses. So it's hard to say. Okay. So going in, I got to tell you, with all the stuff that we do with the network and all the stuff we do with the shows and listening. Now, I specifically at that moment refused to listen to the DC on screen cast about Batman versus Superman because I'd had enough of little bits of spoilers or not spoilers as much as just what might happen or what is going on and what we know will happen in the movie that it was hard because I'm a I'm a an old school Batman fan and I was diehard on Batman doesn't murder people. You know, killing and murder is different, but I, I confused it too at one point. It's like, well Batman doesn't kill. Well that's not true. I mean, he blows crap up all the time. He runs stuff over all the time. Somebody's getting killed in the mess that he makes. 
Okay, is stupid. Unless you go with the GI Joe principle, let's go with the GI Joe principle where thousands of shots are fired and nobody gets hurt at all, unless there's a twisted <laughs> ankle. And there was an episode where there's a twisted ankle. I remember that stupid episode. So people get hurt <laughs> and people will die. And why wouldn't Batman use a gun? No, he didn't carry pistols like a, a cowboy. But if something's there, like when he, we'll get into it later. But he grabs something, you know, gun later, and blah blah blah. At no point is he going through like the Punisher and just murdering people. So I was worried about that. I was worried about the Bat branding, and I was worried about I think I forget what it is, the dream sequences. You know, going what that sounds weird. They open this movie up with the the. It, it takes a split second for the voiceover to catch up because it's the him running through the woods and falls into the cave, which you saw coming. And then the bats surround him and lift him up. And my wife instantly, instantly turns to me and goes, what the F, man? I was like, I don't know. We might have to walk out. Yeah. And then, you know, it takes- I, I was really scared when I saw that for a second. Right? I, yeah, I, was, I was looking under me to see if there was a shark over which I was passing. <laughs> and we were like two and a half minutes into the damn, into the film. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah, and I'm I'm sitting there like in between my girlfriend and Jason. And my girlfriend looks at me and goes, what? And Jason's like looking at me going, what's happening? And I'm like, guys, calm down. It's okay. He literally had to shush us in the theater. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, guys. What, Chris? <laughs> The shark got jumped when these filmmakers decided that their audience was stupid enough that they needed to once again have the origin story explained to them. Right. Yeah, I think it was fine. I think uh, they did it fine. Yeah. This, that. That's the fastest I need, I think I've that origin story kind of wrapped up. Yeah, two minutes. I mean, it's two minutes. It was and the trick with the pearls was a new and I believe good introduction. The, the only reason for that scene was for one callback to hang a lantern on at the end of the movie. Well, not even the end of the movie, but in the last... In the last I think was important. I think that I think that that scene was important. If they're going to use that, uh, which we don't want to spoil, but uh, that callback uh, that was important to establish. And I'd rather them. I'd rather them show the scene, and they did it in such a truncated manner. You don't need the the scene in the mausoleum later when you see the names. Well, I think that's going to lead to something else. I think the movie is so long. You do need that. You do need that extra reminder in the middle. Touchstone at that point, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, you, you need come back to stuff. it. Just remind you. So, yeah. so for you gentle listeners at home who may not have seen this yet, he's not some. They didn't change Batman into some supernatural magician. The voiceover kicks in, and like a second later, it says, "In the dream, I always go to the light." You know, it's like, oh, thank God, it's a goddamn dream. Right. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was on my way out of my seat before he said, <laughs> in the dream. I, I'm sitting there going, there's no way. There's no way this didn't leak out. There's no way. So I really feel it's important that we applaud Snyder for that decision because that is the ultimate troll, right? Yes. <laughs> Truth. You know that he was sitting in the writer's room and he's like, all right, we're going to open the film. Bruce is going to run away, you know, during the procession. He's going to fall into the cave. The bats are going to come out. And then he's going to levitate like a motherfucking sorcerer. (laughs) (laughs) And then people are going to freak out. And then we're going to be like, oh, it's a dream. And like, you know, like just instantly everybody in the writer's room just stands up and starts clapping like ultimate troll. Yes. 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 Unless he falls in the cave 
at least he falls in the cave after his parents are dead. So, you know, the comedian can't come up to him and be like, why do we fall, Bruce? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, the casting of his parents, uh, I didn't notice it until the end credits, but um, Maggie from The Walking Dead was his mom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. What? I hadn't seen her in years. Yeah, my girlfriend noticed that. and I was like, oh, yeah. And and dad is going to be on Walking Dead next season. Yeah, filmed yeah. Yep. I forget his actor's nice. name, but yeah. And my wife, comedian. Again, Jeffrey my wife Morgan, sees him. Is that right? My, uh, we loved him on Supernatural the first two seasons. I think he was there. And my wife sees him. And is like, oh man, why does he always get killed in things? He's we never see a movie where he lives. He always dies in every movie we see him in. In a lot of Snyder films, in particular, he dies in like the opening scene, right? Not in everything, but in this one, yeah. And in a lot of movies, he's in. He dies very early on. Um, but no, he's no Sean Bean. You're you're right about that. Caught. So okay, going on into the movie, it it, it carries on. I thought it, it did well. Uh, what are some of the non spoilerly highlights for MCU cast? Crickets, right? Crickets. Uh, well, highlights as in things highlights. we like. As good stuff. Can you not bring yourself to say good stuff about these things? That's so oh, hard. Batman. I'll say Batman, Batman was, was a huge was highlight. Good. Wonder Every, Woman. Shining star. Wonder Woman was fine. I thought Wonder Woman was fine. Um, Batman, everything he's in, I liked every Batman moment. Uh, but there was this other half of the movie <laughs> that, that really weighed down all the Batman parts. Which, uh, well, Man, you... A lot of you guys really can't stand uh, his take on Superman, can you? He was a dick. He was just a bully the whole time. I just did not care no. about. And it's it's hard it's hard not to spoil here, but the entire plot, the entire Superman story that we're we're dealing with was basically, and it's it's in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything here. Uh, but it's it's. It's it's the whole Superman false god. Is he good? Is he bad? What? How should Earthlings deal with this this alien? That storyline went nowhere, <laughs> and it was like the first hour of the movie that was like the main thing that was happening, and then I felt like it went absolutely nowhere. It doesn't I even think, relate to the final fight at all. Well, no, it's not supposed to relate to the final fight. You have see, okay, here's the thing about this movie for me overall. It is very deep in the comics. It has very issues, but it's very deep in the mental canon, right? He expects you to assign real-world values to these heroes. Bruce Wayne, and they use Alfred to help bring some of that out, and they use Lois Lane to help bring some of the other stuff out for Superman. When he's branding the people, and we, we all go, Batman doesn't do that. What? And then Alfred's exposition on it, where he's like, you know, the rage, you saw this stuff happen and the rage builds up and that's where it starts. And then it turns you cruel. And that's, that was where you go. Yeah. This is a whole nine 11 moment for that universe. And Bruce Wayne, who's lost his family, he makes everybody work for him, his family. That's that Bruce Wayne in this movie universe right here. He, everybody who works for him is, is his family. And he sees these people die in this horribly tragic event. And he sees who's responsible one way or the other, right? Either because they're here because of Superman or Superman did it. That and is one thing man. that I, that is one thing that I have to say, like during the film, I, I, thought about that like in the moment saying I really like 
that they're actually putting consequences to the big last half of Man of Steel. Absolutely. Like, they're actually making it to where, like, we understand, like, oh, God, people were, oh, God, people yeah. were dying horribly. Yeah. Like, here's, here's something there's I, a reason that we can't let this happen. Here's something I hated about that, though. This whole desert scene that they added in where – uh no 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 I'm sorry uh the the desert scene where Superman goes to save Lois oh yeah 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 uh-huh. that was such a useless scene it, it it and they made that that whole uh the whole courtroom scene and the entire they were talking about that as if that was what they were putting him on trial for Which why did they why did the directors and writers have to make the decision to put him on trial for that instead well, of just putting him on trial for the what happened in the first movie well well well, well I I will correct a few things there. I think, again, it's real-world values and governmental politics gets things wrong all the time. And it was not a trial. It was an uh, investigative committee. Let's find, we're trying to get down to the bottom. It's Benghazi, man. It's, it's all this other stuff that hits the news where no, no things of consequence in real life come out of this. It's a bunch of blowhards showing off for the cameras, trying to get some information until the American public gets tired of it. And I think that's – it was 18 months later. If we're really – Putting him on trial 18 months later, right after that happened, and we know who he is and where he came from, that's that wouldn't fit. I think that, and I think it was a red herring. It was to disguise all this stuff. So later on, when you see what Lexus has done, Lex has done, not Lexus, we're not sponsored by Lexus today, but what <laughs> Lex Luthor has done. And you go, oh, I, I think I think the whole bullet thing was a red herring. I think it was to keep the audience who doesn't think that critically chasing rabbits. As Lois Lane did. She chased rabbits throughout most of that movie. 40 minutes of the movie was a red herring. I do not like that at all. That's, that's bad movie making. <laughs> I think that scene, I think there was, an, I think there was some footage we lost to the, the editing room floor that further explains mm-hmm. that scene. Because you go from Superman going in and busting up this compound that's manned by villains. Low level though they may be, they're still bad guys. Yeah. Lex's guys kill these guys, and then for some reason later in the in the movie they tell me that oh Superman went in there and it caused all these people to die, and I'm like, who cares? They it, if if it's citizens that died because of it, then tell me that or show me that, explain well, it better. But that was what was well, implied by the uh, the African woman, right? Because the backlash was her government came through the villages or whoever it was came through the villages and then killed innocent citizens because of what happened there. Absolutely. But you never saw that because they don't want Superman's actions to actually look like they had negative consequences because they don't have the balls to say, hey, Superman did a thing and it had questionable morality. Well, technically, he Superman didn't do was it. Still no, absolutely perfect. not. He didn't absolutely do it. Absolutely not. We have already done that. It was called Man of Steel. And then they didn't touch they on didn't why aren't they? They didn't have to show us that scene again. And well, also, they did have negative <laughs> consequences, and they did have the balls to point that out. Otherwise, we wouldn't have got that, uh, well, the uh, drowning horses scene. Yeah, but it's different. <laughs> yeah. Drowning horses. Like, most of the film was basically him uh, paying atonement for the, pre- uh, the previous film. And that was, that's what they've been building to. Is they've made him a Jesus figure, and that's part of the, the arc of a Jesus figure. Is you right. have to actually pay the ultimate atonement. Without that, the whole thing's lost. Now, that's how they're building it. Mm-hmm. it that's part of what they're setting up for the rest of the universe. I agree. Now, it not hasn't Superman been known as like the last Boy Scout or the greatest Boy Scout before? Yep. The big blue Boy Scout. And that's that's the problem. And I think that's some of what they brought out in this movie is when – I think it actually might have been a line from Batman about when you stand on ideals, you, you don't see what's really going on. 
And he didn't, like, in, in a lot of iterations, uh, some of the ones that have the, the shallowest possible values, he comes in and he's immediately this wonderful man. Well, this, like, the thing I like about this canon, he's learning how to be that man. Mm-hmm. And that's an the interesting other, process to watch. The other issue here is everyone who's sitting around saying, this Superman is grumpy, this Superman's a jerk, he's a dick, are the same people who are going to be complaining if they put up Christopher Reeve for us. And they'd be like, oh, well, he's so pristine. He's not relatable. I, I think Richard if, Donner. This is a time for a new thing. Go ahead, Chris. No, so, no, I, I'm just saying I wouldn't. I'm in the camp. I'm in the... The, the first part of that camp, but I'm not in the, the disagree with Christopher Reeve camp. Well, I, I think I think that the, the backlash to Superman inherently is that we've always known him as this super good, ugh, super saccharine sweet guy who's, you know, he is always that. And what we're getting here is a reality-based, this man, yeah, he is a man of steel, but he's still a man who was raised as a human, on this planet in fear of somebody would discover who he was. And we got all that in Man of Steel. And he, he was never really taught uh, one core set of principles, right? His dad taught him one thing, his mom told him something else. And then he discovers this whole Kryptonian heritage and what they want. They want him to be a god on this planet. And, and not in right. the Red Sun kind of way, but in, in... No, remake it in their image kind. Yeah. The, the kind that for us would be true evil. Right. So, so it's, it's, he's torn between and, and he's figuring these things out and come on, has nobody here ever done something? They thought we're all podcasters. So this is one little area to put it. Hey, our audience is going to love this. And yet do something. And all of a sudden they backlash on you. Like, whoa, right? what? No, no, we've, we've never met. No, mistake. yeah. Ours, ours I didn't say mistake. Never have a problem. <laughs> and then we do. All right. Chris Jeff has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Wisdom, what did you like about this film? Um, I'll tell you, I went. My my favorite thing of the film is such a little thing. I went and saw it in 3D IMAX. Okay. And at the beginning of the movie, when they're in the Indian Ocean, and they go to the that the, the pull the kryptonite rock out of the ocean. Right. That is the most beautiful piece of cinematography in that whole movie. And oh, to nice. see it in IMAX 3D, it's like watching a nature movie, it's like like IMAX was intended to be. I, was, I looked at my buddy and I'm like, this is going to sound stupid, but that was the best part of the movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's the best part of the movie for me. Um, I, the other stuff. It's okay. We can help you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it, the, the DP on this thing deserves awards. Don't get me wrong, but there, there's, more, there's more going on. There's, there's... They're not for the first hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> There is because you have to get through the first hour to be rewarded wait, by the second hour and a half. Wait, you, you guys shouldn't you make guys movies like that. Talk about the beginning of this movie and still talk about Iron Man one. That that <laughs> slow as hell to get started. I Iron love Man Iron 1? Man one. I love Iron Man. What are you talking about? That is an amazing first twenty minutes. Uh uh-uh. uh no sir no sir. The first two minutes. I said good day sir. Tony Stark is being blown up by his own bomb. It's a beautiful first twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they do it. They shoot it beautifully. The ACDC's playing and the uh, explosion, exploding of his chest, and then they do a reverse time lapse thing and they go back. They do it's the great. same thing with Batman. We get to watch the destruction of the buildings from a whole different point of view. We get them. He drives the bat lorry through the streets. It's awesome. I love <laughs> the bat jeep. <laughs> but I will say the the cinematography on Iron Man when you, even with the new Marvel movies. 
sucks balls. It sucks. It looks like a TV movie. <laughs> Go back and look at it, guys. It's not good. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying Zach. Zach Snyder shoots beautiful uh, footage. He he knows how to make a shot work. He does. Yeah, he can do really yeah. great sepia toned work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I, it's like you brought Instagram to life from Watchmen <laughs> right. for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Hey, I've, I've already made enough comments about how Zack Snyder is the only director I know that shoots an Instagram. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. So let's talk about the future. And then we're going to get into some spoilers. So we, we, we can transition slowly here. Do we feel like Ben Affleck in the world of all the Batman that there have been, that he was a good Batman? Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The best across the board. Look at that. I agree. Now, what was funny is my wife's like, "Now, guys, okay, she's she's really a filthy casual, so you you can hate on her. She's tougher than you, and she'll beat the crap out of you, but you can hate on her all you want." <laughs> but she's she said, "I like that uh, that uh, other guy." Uh, I said, "Christian Bale." She said, "Yeah, I kind of liked him a little better because, in her opinion." Bruce Wayne is supposed to be like super hot and all the women want him and Batman was supposed to be this badass and she has a hard time seeing Ben Affleck as hot or badass. I'm like, fair enough, I guess. A a guy who did Geely is kind of hard to see as a badass. uh, I thought he he did well. I thought – see, here's what I loved about this Batman for the first time ever – I've seen the psychological, and Jason, you correct my phrasing if I'm wrong, but the psychological effect of the fact that he is both people at the same time, always. There's yeah, not. You actually see a smooth transition instead of the, the, the bell transition that was just discordant. I want to use that and just drop it there. But this guy went from being Bruce Wayne the playboy who's had too, too many martinis to Bruce Wayne the detective to Bruce Wayne the guy who's Batman in a mask seamlessly yes because it was always who he was across the board as opposed to george clooney who was bruce wayne and pretended to be batman or as opposed to val kilmer who was batman and pretended to be bruce wayne i didn't like the on off switch it never felt right to me because as a human being these are all part of who you are and yes when he was doing the oh i thought this is the bathroom i mean and then immediately went back to doing his spy work and you know that was really cool my he, favorite he thing just, about Batfleck was that he didn't spend eight years in a mansion crying about a girl who didn't even like him. <laughs> right, with, with a bad Green Arrow uh, beard. Uh, all right, all right. So, Alfred. My wife did not really care for Alfred because she's used to seeing him in, as she quotes, uh, leadership roles. I thought it was good. What's your take on Alfred? He's my favorite Alfred so far. He's wonderful. It's Jeremy freaking Irons. Like she's, I mean, it's Jeremy Irons. What are we, we going to do here? What are we going to critique? I yeah. mean, it's, this wasn't the Dungeons and Dragons movie where I was embarrassed for him. Yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, so this is clearly, you know, the older, more jaded Batman slash Bruce. And we got with it the older, slightly more jaded Alfred. And I'm fine with that. I think it was, and I don't mean older, like physically older, because obviously, like, not dawdling at all. Because uh, the Alfred from the first couple um, modern Kane. Batman films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, the Alfred back then was quite a bit older, but you get what I mean. Like, he's, yes. he's, he's tired. They're both tired. They've been doing this forever. Um, you can see the fatigue and everything is built up, even though, you know, Alfred still continues to be a little bit of Bruce's humanity, you know? Oh, and, and for us, definitely as an audience, he brought us through, like, with the branding moment and pointing out you're doing things you don't normally do. 
I, I like that about him. Uh, the took... thing that uh, that struck me the most about his performance was you can tell this is a guy who's been watching the 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 boy he cares about try to get himself killed for like thirty years. Yeah, you feel that coming out of him, and that that's important. He's also and seems now suddenly to be he's trying to he's... kill others. Right. <laughs> what? what, David? And I said, and now suddenly he this boy that. He, He's been worried about for this long is now trying to kill others, and he's trying to step up and stop that yeah. from happening. I also think he, right. he seems to have really gotten to the point where he's given up trying to save Bruce. A little bit. There's yeah. a little bit of like he he has almost has a levity about his his uh, calling out of of Bruce's. You know, yeah, like like you're ever gonna have children, whatever. It's all that's all past. I I gave up he on that. He's not time really ago. gonna listen, but he's not gonna not say it. Yes, that. That line was actually from uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah. The book. yeah. What, what took me a minute. Okay, so going back to what I was saying before, being on the network and doing all the work we do, I w- usually I can go into these films. And with the Marvel films, it's a lot easier because for whatever reason, I don't get as much information, maybe because a lot of Marvel films come out and they don't spoil as much. Or maybe because it hadn't had such a long history that Batman has had of good and bad stuff happening both in TV, movie, and games You know, for him. It took me a minute to get to fandom, going, okay, let me just watch this movie and enjoy it, instead of going, oh, where, where's this going to happen? Where's that going to happen? But with Alfred, it took me a minute to adjust to him, because in the comics, he is that guy who's working on the bat plane and working on the car and fixing the suits. And I remember that from the comics, but I've never gotten that on the screen ever. So to see Jeremy Irons elbows deep into fixing the cowl or being in the engine of the car, I was like, but where's where's the tea in the tie that all the other Alfreds had? I don't. Okay, I like you, but it took me a minute to adjust. But I really, he I love that he still has that time. I dug that man. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely. I like. I get the feeling that the house upstairs is st- like wherever his quarters are that he's in charge. of, I get the feeling they're still pristine, and he still manages to get all this done. Yeah, just mm-hmm. deadly competent. I love the actor on Agent Carter, but this butler will whoop his butler's ass any day. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I love Mr. Jarvis. I do, and he's great, but Alfred is oh, Alfred. yeah. Cool cat. Well, Alfred in this one is not necessarily supposed to be a butler. I think um, he's the some partner. of the interviews were like he was supposed to be the, the Wayne head of security and just kind of stuck around. Yeah, all right. That's not really canon, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Batman versus. This... <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, Chris. no, that's that's a real thing though. It's an Elseworld tale. You can't compare it to DC number blah blah blah. You know, you you can't do that. It won't work. Right. And you know, in most of the canons now, I think uh, Alfred was a, was a secret agent at some point. So when your butler is a secret agent, well, hell, why can't he be head of security? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul Dini started that, I think, back in uh, TAS time. One of I, the many I, wonderful editions of that man. I will definitely take right. It. So, uh, of course, we were. Is there? Does anybody like anything about Superman besides myself and the portrayal of it? Uh, it what's the context of that? What's what's the, well? Okay, we're, so we're talking about <laughs> Affleck. Is, Henry Cavill and his portrayal of Superman. Uh, obviously, Chris Wisdom. Does not like it. I, MCU cast does not like it. I like Cavill. I like him. I, I've got no problems with the acting. Yeah, I don't have any problem with the acting either. What about the portray? Okay, okay. With the portrayal. This this Superman. You guys don't like this Superman. 
my piece on the Superman is, and it goes back to the, the related to the first movie. Um, what I've always believed Superman to be in every, in every incarnation. I mean, sure. There's all kinds of elsewhere tales, but the, the core of Superman to me is he's an alien with all power whose parents expected him to rule this earth. And then he is comes to earth and he's raised by a Kansas family who makes, who, who trains him to be a good man, not just a, not just a good powerful man, but a good man. Sure. And this, in this story, I don't think his parents taught him anything moral at all. It, they oh, no, they they true. taught him to not hide, true. and the only time he ever like he finally comes out of the shadows when his Kryptonian father comes around. But like, there's just no even unto death, his father's like just hide, just hide, just don't tell them who you are because I want to protect you above all things. It's a very like selfish sort of like I want to protect my child, right? And well, I not, get that. I've, Obviously, uh, but from yeah, his that's perspective, a, that's a hard thing. that was the nice thing about what they did with the Kents, though, was they finally gave the Kents they weren't uh, the angels themselves anymore. They were people who actually loved their son and would really sacrifice pretty much any damn thing for it. And that was a nice thing to see a tweak on. So you still get to see them and look back, man. They really did teach him morals. They also just taught him a little bit of self-preservation. And and. He and his dad killed himself. About where to draw the line? Paul Kent sacrificed himself in yeah. Man of Steel to keep the oh, secret, to save a dog, and <laughs> to, no, to keep the secret. To keep yes, no, no, I know, no, I'm no. pissed no, off about the, the dog problem. too. But here's to the problem the with the whole, yeah. the whole, the whole, the whole Twister scene. Freaking! <laughs> why didn't okay, I understand? No, don't come because you're going to reveal your secret. But why did he go instead of Clark in the first place? I don't know. Yeah. There's no reason. Like, oh, it'll it could, it'll just look like you you survived something crazy, but you can just walk out there and retrieve the dog with no risk to yourself. Uh, but I'm gonna do it. I'm, I've got this. So I, the human, like, I'm, I'm gonna a, walk out there. To I have the a twister. number of uh, like I, seriously, I have a litany of problems with that scene, and and I promise we'll all be in accord with those problems. Like <laughs> it's a ridiculous scene, but where it leaves Clark Kent afterwards is he realizes it, that. To his father, to a human, to the to the person he's looked up to, to the person he's supposed to learn morals from, that even a dog was worth saving, and it was it, that's important. Like it, that that small that that huge sacrifice for such a small effort is or huge effort really. That's important, I think, to Superman. How how does that lesson correlate with that busload of kids? You should have let them drown. No, he said maybe. <laughs> he he never said he should have drowned. He, he said maybe. Like to me, that's not you should have because he, if he meant you should have, he would have said you should have. He said maybe, which to me indicated, look, uh, I know yeah. I'm your father, and I'm supposed to know everything, but I really don't know. This yeah. is beyond any of us. We're all it's his no new territory. Ambiguity in that statement. I totally agree. To me, Paul Kent should have never ever said maybe. On you know, that. we're gonna, Paul Kent's unrealistic. We're we're gonna play this back in about 15 years when y'all have. Well, Chris, you already got youngins, but you know, about 10 years for you, 15 for me. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. I'm just saying. There's there's ambiguity. You can't be that person every time. Sometimes you're unsure. Yep. I'm going to jump in here Look. And, and bring up something that I've brought up in the past. I believe we talked about Man of Steel in the past. Chris and I got into it a little bit. The old Superman story has been told. Kind of like the old Spider-Man story has been told, so on and so forth. You know, like the, the, Everybody talks about the Uncle Ben thing. How many times do we get a Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. movie and Uncle Ben dies? Every time. <laughs> Every Right. The reality is we're talking about storytelling in the modern age. And I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that p- people who are writing these films and TV shows to a certain extent 
are going to try to approach it from our perspective nowadays. Yeah. You know, the old school Superman story, the old school Spider-Man story that was written in a time where people were more idealistic. The old school Batman stories. Same thing. Even that. And by the way, the oldest school Batman stories are very deadly. Just to be absolutely clear about that. Yeah. That dude killed. Yeah, he's snapping like necks, guys. He's snapping necks. He's throwing people off of things. He's shooting people in the face. Like, it's <laughs> like, the Silver Age that people are women. really referring to when they say, like, oh, he wouldn't okay. kill. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, here, Thoughts, let me, carry let me on. finish yeah. the thought here because yeah. this is the reality. The world that we live in today in 2016 is very different than the world of the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and so on. Uh, we are so much more aware of you know what human beings are capable of what you know the realities of day-to-day life like horrible stuff happens every day and because we're so connected we are confronted with that on a regular basis and i think it's really naive to think that that wouldn't be addressed through this medium of superhero films so i think the modern pa kent who is a little more jaded a little more cynical absolutely fits into the modern reality that we face this is a guy who has seen, you know, like because if we replace the story to the timetable that's established in these films, this is a man who's seen, you know, the civil rights movement. And this is a man who's seen, you know, the, the post-Vietnam and Vietnam era attitudes in this country and across the world. You know, feasibly, this is the post-terrorism world as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is someone who's been exposed to stuff that, you know, the classic Pac Hent maybe didn't have to deal with, you know what I mean? Though you could make the argument that the classic Pa Kent probably served in World War II, so on and so forth. But like the point is it, it's not quite the same as it was in the way, way back. You know what I mean? Even then, like most people would call World War II the last righteous war, so to speak. Uh, it, it Things got real muddy in the last half of that century. And even then, though, even that last righteous war, you have Superman without and out racism in the comic books. And so, Captain I mean, America. Yeah. Are we, yeah, are we really going to dear God, keep, like, Woman. hammering away at which parts of these characters are the essence? Because even if Superman were as hopeful, and I was about to make the same point that he just made, if Superman were that hopeful character, what would he, how would he react to this time to, to this cynical jaded time? Like, of course he's going to be a little grumpy. Of Honestly, course he's going to be a little I, sad. He would pull that a people, Dr. Manhattan and go hang Earth out on a rock. Him. Yeah, right. Half the people on Earth think he's responsible for a bunch of crap that he wasn't responsible for. Right. And I think it's perfectly okay for him to be a little mopey and to tell Lois, the one person he really truly loves, aside from his mother, people aren't good on Earth anymore. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he sacks up by the end. Come on. I don't take issue with self doubt in my superheroes, but I mean, Paul. So what you're telling me is the only way to be a hero in today's society because of everything bad that's happened is to have no hope. Not to try no. and no, not he to questions. try and rise above it, and to help everybody. It no, has to I, be. What I'm, what I'm saying, no, is the, Paul, the film, the film got Paul it right. He, he said, "You aren't brave. Men are brave. Like people who have to face what men have to face. Right. That's where you get the reward of integrity and bravery." Breathe it in. The film addressed it. <laughs> I, I mean, the other part <laughs> is, Paul Kent. You know, Paul Kent. Spoilers. Paul Kent's dead. I don't know if any of us can really understand the perspective of a godlike being who. As powerful as he is, he can't be in every place at every time. He can't prevent every, you know, horrible atrocity, every horrific act, every, you know, senseless loss. 
that's a lot of weight to carry. And then to have tried, you know, I mean, to be confronted with the situation in Man of Steel where, you know, your fellow Kryptonians show up out of nowhere and are trying to kill you and they're willing to destroy basically anybody that gets in their way in order to do it. And they have no value in those lives that you do value. We can't understand that weight. Oh, I mean, we can understand it philosophically to a certain degree, but that's really hard to represent in a character that has to carry that weight day to day. And still, and it's hard to relate that character to an audience too. And, oh yeah. And to answer your point, Chris, he still had hope. There was the montage oh, yeah. of him saving the people in the flood and this and that and the other. And when he was still doing his job, because he's always listening, right? And he's at the party with Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor. And he hears the, the Alfred speaking to Bruce Wayne through the earpiece. He starts to follow him and then gets distracted by the TV with the fire breaking out in Mexico. And he goes and saves those. Actually, it's not people. It was like one person he ended up saving out of that thing. One little girl. Yeah. That is it. One little girl. And that's the hope. And I think it's him struggling that's the with that of question. The, the Superman that all just like reduces us to tears. And he stood there while they blew up the the Senate hearing, which was actually pretty damn good. But yeah. you know, I blew up. The, and, he, and he sat there and goes, and the question for himself was, I missed it maybe because I wasn't looking for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. and I don't know. It, it's just, I think it's trying to relate him to the struggle of us all. One more character before we really, really, really get into spoilers. I think we've dropped a few little spoilers there. <laughs> a little? Yeah. Lex <laughs> Luthor. Lex Luthor. What's our take on him? I'll go with Wisdom. I, I, I think this is another one where we're missing stuff from the movie. To see character development, you mean missing uh, scenes, missing scenes right. from the movie? Okay. I think there's, I think there's big stuff missing, and why he says things later in the movie that are, you're like in the reviews, everybody's attributing. Well, he he's crazy. He's got all these weird ticks. I think there's reasons for it right. that we're not privy to in this cut of the movie. Yeah, you have you guys seen the deleted scene that came out today? No, I'm no. avoiding. I'm just going to buy that. Not Blu-ray. the one today. It's going around on YouTube. There's a deleted scene. And I actually haven't watched it. I actually have pulled up on my computer because I forgot to watch it when I came home. But it's apparently, I've just heard people talking about it on podcasts, about Lex Luthor uh, somehow communicating with an alien on a uh, through, his, uh, through the ship. And somehow he gets something downloaded into his brain and he starts ticking and stuff. So, like, I think you're right. I think that's, like, they, they released that scene today. It's almost like an apology. Like, we probably should have put this in the movie. Uh, here you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but um, then it would have been four hours long, and it's only a forty-second long scene, and it apparently fixes some stuff. Uh, but yeah. Well, hopefully they'll put that on the Blu-ray for sure. I read Luther as what well, I believe him to be always is this super genius. I never quite liked the animated take on Luther. Of uh, I can't remember the guy who played the Phantom, uh, the voice, where uh, he played the character of the Phantom. In the the 1990s, Billy Zane, yeah, he's the voice of most of the Luthers I've seen in animation. So Billy Zane, his take on it was always this stoic, "You can't touch me, Superman." I'm, and he is smartest. He's the smartest man in the world in that universe, or one of. And he's a criminal genius. And so when I saw like the speech at the party, and he loses his train of thought, I think he's thinking about a bunch of things at once. And that was my take on it until the end. Until the end, where he's a little crazy when they shave his head and put him in the jail cell. Um, that missed. I figure by that point he's had a few planets worth of extra knowledge shoved into his brain, and as yeah. as much of a and I'm going to quote twelfth level intellect as he is, apparently is. Yeah, like that's yeah that's gonna that's gonna roll you a different way, man. I, it, 
Sure. We don't know that, right? Well, well, I actually I got enough of that. Like knowing his IQ, his capacity for learning, because he's, I mean, he's up there with like, he's up there with Mister Terrific as far as that's almost his superpower, his ability to learn. (laughs) Like, just seeing him say, "There's a scene in the movie where he he just says, teach me.'" And he's talking to the ship. Yeah, that was enough for me. That's all I needed. I, I can, I can predict the rest of it. Okay. From there. Well, the, the the other little things too was you see him playing this master chess game in his head when he's talking to the senator, you know, uh, from Kentucky, and you see him pull, and you see when she basically tells him about the granny's peach tea, and you go, you know, it won't trick a fly on me. And, I mean, his demeanor changed. He doesn't like being told no. And then later on, when he's, I think he's talking to Lois on top of the building, and he lets slip about his father. Because earlier he was talking about his father came uh, from the internment camp and blah, blah, blah. And like this good stuff about his dad. But then later he lets slip about being beaten by his dad. His daddy whoops some ass. Yeah. So it's like that, that to me, again, was another human layer in this movie of, oh, you put these pieces together, you're going to have somebody who's broken, and yet he's smarter than everybody else he's ever around. You know, he, honestly, like everyone here watches Doctor Who, right? Or Pretty much, at least the overwhelming majority. Mm-hmm. We have a quorum. Yes, yes. It reminded me of the Master. Yes, we can vote on. He a, honestly we can reminded vote on me this. of the Master, like in a way it, okay. because he's he's got this background that's that's it's pathological. It's absolutely not. If you could pick a version, <laughs> if you could pick a genius and point him in a direction, this guy went the other way. But it's still that like interrupted thought that yeah, I, I like that part. So that part played to me just fine. Yeah. Now he was like porcelain wasting away in his own skin, uncomfortable. Yes. Like just falling apart. Um, he was. Um, I thought he was pretty amazing. Yeah. Even during that speech, I've never seen that version of Luther. Of thought, wonderful. And uh, yeah, like like what Dave was just saying there. It he's that's a new portrayal of Luthor. We've never seen that version. True. Really. We we've seen the genius. We've pre- seen the, the much- huckster, Obviously. Yeah. Not this thing. Much prefer it to the to the Gene Hackman. Kevin Spacey Midwestern huckster version. Right. Like, are you going to sell me some snake oil or are you going to try to kill Superman? Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Spacey would have been amazing if Singer hadn't told him, hey, do Hackman. Right. Right. What I haven't seen yet is a Luther who could be elected president. And that's one, to me, one of the big storylines in that Superman universe is when Luther becomes president, it changes the ball game between him and Superman. And it's well, apparently you haven't seen House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, not if, what I'm talking about. If, no, he's right though. I swear, mentally, I think of it that way. I really do. Okay, all right. When when Kevin Spacey was announced as Luther and Superman Returns, I was so excited because that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted that uh, Clancy Brown Superman Tass version, like. Because yeah, and then they just didn't do it. Singer was like, "No, do right. Hackman." Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you sure you don't want me to act well? No, just do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, you know but, I can, right? Yeah, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, but I'm I'm okay. spacey. I can sell anything to anybody. Why do you want me to do that? I, okay. So yeah, yeah. Which by the way, Gene Hackman is an amazing actor. I don't know why they I wanted know. him to play that character that way either. I, I don't know. understand. I don't get I, either. Yeah. I mean, you go watch Unforgiven. Oh, oh my lord. lord, yeah. Lord yeah, of no Jesus. One, no one's going to knock on these, like their ability to actually pull off a role. <laughs> it's like the directors are like, this is a comic book movie. You guys should act badly. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Or what was the uh, what was the sarcastic thing that um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Batman Forever? Was it Schumacher? Uh, no, not Schumacher. Dear God, Dave, help me. Who directed? The, yeah, that was the, Schumacher the really, and Batman Forever. Is it Schumacher. Yeah. Thank you. Forever and Batman. Having, and having a lapse, yeah. I apologize. But what, didn't he used to go through the uh, the set going, "We're making a cartoon," blah blah blah. But it wasn't. Oh yeah, his very fault. sarcastically. He would it walk sarc- around going, "Remember, children, we're making a cartoon." Yeah, he had gotten <laughs> he had gotten notes from the executives. The the, the right. yeah, he was basically this wasn't mm. the film he wanted to make. No, that's crap. I feel like that's a lot of yeah. what uh, people are handed these days. And go, I mean, if you tr- doubt that, go look at number twenty three or, or Enemy of the State or what some her falling down. Anything else that Schumacher's done? I mean. He could get he could get really dark. Dude can make a film. He can mock some shoes. <laughs> no, okay. So, he can do that as well. Wonder Woman. How do we feel about Wonder Woman? And no, no funniness about your pants. Wisdom. What? <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say, she was quite the gal. Oh, who oh. 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 on you? <laughs> you got that right. Well, I thought she was fantastic. Um, I okay. So my big reservation when they announced that she was going to be in this, first of all, the casting I've always been pleased with. I've mentioned that before on the show. Uh, big, big, big fan. Um, she played the character well as far as how much we know about the character so far, in my opinion. But I was really worried about how she was going to be once she was in the getup. And those those concerns have been squashed, man. I was really impressed. Um, the big thing for me is that she was very believable despite being in the skimpy ass wonder woman outfit. It was believable. It made sense to me. Like it didn't feel completely out of place in the world. It was just like, it was a throwback clearly, but she had kind of prefaced that by saying, you know, that she had kind of hidden for a while. So it was, it was cool. I dug it quite a bit. And, and her powers, by the way, like the, you know, the, the, the the visual effects and the way they demonstrated her powers that was like a crash course on what Wonder Woman does and why she's awesome and oh. I thought that was great. Yeah, the, I love that Batman's barely touching Doomsday oh, and yeah. she's there cutting his Achilles and doing all that. Like, <laughs> damn girl, get it, get it. Uh, <laughs> right, who, did anybody else kind of squeal just a little bit when you saw the lasso? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, as, soon, as soon as uh, the Doomsday, truth shall set you free, Doomsday had that wrapped around him. I was like, "Tell the truth." <laughs> right. The right. Truth. <laughs> oh, I did. I I thought I I was worried again. I didn't go look up who Gal uh, is. It good dot? How'd y'all figure? Yeah. It? DC y'all? How'd y'all figure out how to say it? It is good dot. Okay. I we did too until she went on an interview and said, "Nope." Uh, yeah, she was on Kimmel, right? Yeah, that's why. I, well, I'm just going off of this awesome show called DC on the Screen that I get all my news from DC Woo! on. Oh, so. oh, I don't know those cats. That's a fine and wise choice you made there, Charles. Uh, but I never, I never had seen her. So I'm like, man, they always cast a big bosom girl because that's how it is in the comics. It doesn't make sense to put no clothes on a girl who's curvy. And she was very athletic and very slim, and it it suited, right? It didn't look like, oh, you're being sexist. It's like, no, you're about to kick some ass. Oh, crap, don't hit me. You know? Right, right. Because she doesn't need no, the she armor. A, she doesn't need all this stuff. She needs movement because she's tough, and she can take a beating. That sounded bad, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. 
I did. I made the same mistake on our show, and because uh, that's the only way to describe it, and it sounds bad. But no, seriously, she's a card carrying, you know, badass. So, like, she's 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 built a warrior. I like. She finally found a fight that was worthy of her, and God, it was fun to watch her enjoy that. Hell yeah, that smile when she takes that first hit. <laughs> oh yeah. man, probably the best I got, moment. I got on chills the movie. up the side of my arms, man. Two two very dumb lines in this whole thing. Uh, both are in the trailer, so and we're about to get into the spoiler section. Uh, but both of these lines are in We've the been trailer. Both of with the spoiler dumb. section for a while. Do you bleed? You oh shut! Seriously, you didn't drop that from all the pans it got all over the internet when we heard that. And the second one, which they left in as well, she shows up after after Bruce Wayne has been communicating with her and knowing who she is basically, and then he goes. She with you? No, I thought she was with you. You're in the middle of a doomsday fight. Shut the hell up and go do something. Sorry. There's, I'm, I just. Mm. Spe- speaking of which, since we're kind of on the topic here, how, you know, let's, should we transition to doomsday here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so from here on out, everybody, we've dropped a few little spoilers by accident, and I'll probably put something at the beginning of the show to warn you, hey, we try to stay spoiler-free, but it gets there naturally. Full on, gloves are off. You still can't swear, but the gloves are off for spoilers. So go ahead, Klotz. Well, I was just going to say, like, I was was skeptical going into it about how Doomsday would look and feel and everything. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I have to say, like, I didn't love everything about him. I mean, he looks like a cave troll from Lord of the Rings. Let's just throw that out there. I thought he suited it. That's fair. Yeah, that's like, fair. like, until, until, I mean, spoiler, until he, you know, comes back down to Earth and then pops out the classic, you know, yes. like the Rocky look to him. Yeah. Um, right. However, the demonstration of his power, like, those effects look freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, so cool. Like, so many cool moments where he's, like, busting out. And I really dug that. Which, re- which, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, was, go ahead. Which, which power are you talking about? Like, uh, like the power explosions that he was doing and stuff like that, like the energy. And, and see, when I saw that, I looked right at my buddy and I said, there's the cellophane S in the movie. Oh, really? All right, everybody no. pause. No. Everybody, wait, wait, everybody no. pause. No. Crypto is no. coming to argue with Chris. Hold on. Go ahead, Crypto. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, so you you hated Doomsday, Chris? No, I didn't hate Doomsday. You just I didn't, didn't like. I the... Actually, I liked it. I liked the Rocky when when he came back to Earth and he was all Rocky. I did not like the the pulse waves. Those mm. bothered the shit out of me. Oh, you I mean the Superman the solar flares? Yeah, I th- I thought it perfectly suited for the comic background. You know what? Can I just say that I've. I've never liked Doomsday. He's always been a poor villain. He's always been the Gray Hulk for me that yeah. DC tried to throw in, into us to kill Superman back in the 90s. I, every time I've seen him, every time I've seen Doomsday, I've rolled my eyes and moved on with my day because I have nothing to do with him. I, there's, he's just a boring character. Who cares? They could do whatever they want. Him looking like a cave troll is the most interesting he's been <laughs> ever. Well, when he when he first appeared, I'm like, okay, I can work with that. Then as he progressed, like, all right, there's a doomsday. I know you're growing the bone spikes and and the, replacing the hand with a, a fu spike coming out of his hand. You know, <laughs> it, it was it was decent. Now the one spoiler because I want to get into the dream scene sequence with uh, uh, the desert. You know, definitely. Uh, I thought the. Mm. 
if it, it's either hallucination or dream sequence, it was never a hundred percent clear. But when Superman's up on the mountain and he sees his dad, that walking dream, yeah, yeah, what it's like that was I, a little weird. I mean, hey, Kevin Costner, I, I do love seeing you again. I'm glad you're not throwing a baseball this time because I love your baseball films, but that's pretty much all you ever do. So I'm glad to see you without a baseball in your hand. But why? I don't. It didn't suit. So that he could impart think, one I more think, important lesson to his son. That we'll just go to the mountain. Do something good. Things are going to happen. So just don't do anything good. Yeah, dude. What, what's with <laughs> Superman's dad's just kind of re- reappearing like force ghosts? Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, That's exactly what I thought, too. Oh, look, is, the force was Superman. That is one trope that I think it's about high time we abandon oh. in this franchise. Like, no more force ghosts, please. Um, well, hey. well, hey, why do Force Ghosts in Star Wars sit on logs? Don't why shouldn't they just fall through? It's just a movie <laughs> thing, man. And you know, I've heard a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people who have lost close loved ones talk about how like they'll get into an area, they'll walk into a room where they knew that person to always be, and they will they will have imaginary conversations with that person in their head. Um, so I, I don't think I think that's all we were seeing. I don't think it was a dream sequence. I think it was just. Clark getting away, so where he because you have to understand that like, Clark has to get really far away, like up on a mountaintop somewhere, so he can't hear everything. Yeah, right. And so he could just sit and think about things for a minute. And a so quiet I think moment he was for just him sitting there talking to his dad for a minute. Yeah. And it wasn't, and Jonathan wasn't sitting there saying like, "Dude, don't do anything good because anything good that you do will turn something bad." He was just saying like, "Look, all we have are our best intentions. You have to do what you have to do, but sometimes things don't turn out right." I honestly think he was I mean, imparting one of the important lessons of how the Justice League will eventually operate. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's going to be consequences to pretty much everything you do, and you need to think about them thoroughly. Hey, there's this Bat character over here who thinks way ahead. <laughs> Maybe you should talk to him for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, I love that they played that full circle because he did. He wrecked the Batmobile. This doesn't turn on the bat light. You don't answer. You're done. And that was very dickish. It was very, but that was very Boy Scout, high on your horse, religiosity oh, yeah. of I'm better than you and you'll do what I say. But that, yeah. And Batman's only line was, do you believe? Come on, Batfleck. Get Silent Bob to come <laughs> in and not say really. something. That'd be better. I uh, like the do you bleed line. I did you really? Yeah. I do. I, I did too. I do. I like the do you bleed. It's because he follows it with, you will. You will. Without that, I, yeah. I wouldn't care. I feel like that's a Goyerism, though, because he has almost the same line in Blade 2 when uh, Ron Perlman asks Blade if he blushes. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, when he said that, I was like, All right, really? Come on, Goyer. Stop making me dislike that line. <laughs> you, do you, right, it was one of the three you, things you, I liked about this movie. <laughs> you have introduced an entire. Do you do this normal on, human man. thing? Here's, here's the rewrite. Here's the rewrite. You crash the car. Superman's just staying there. Tells him not to go out again. Did you pop a boner? Because I did. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Show that out of there. Uh, so the desert, the desert, the desert. Did everybody understand the importance of the desert dream? Because that, to me, was a pivotal moment in this movie. Yes. Well, for it wasn't. It wasn't, really, though. I really felt like Frank Miller, uh, Holy Terror, came in all of a sudden there. Because that's like pretty much what he had originally right. envisioned Holy Terror to be before it stopped being a Batman book. Uh-huh. Um you know, because uh, we've talked about it a little bit. The, in the, the racist, past. yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, it's the anti-terrorist kind of thing. But it, it like DC was like, dude, we can't do this as a Batman title. You, you can do the book, but you can't do it as a Batman title. Um, so I really was for a second there. I was like, wow, like really, they're going there. 
Um, I I dig like what they're getting at. I mean, it, McFall, do you want to continue on? Oh that? yeah, yeah. Like, let's spoil the shit out of this thing. Because <laughs> well, obviously, like there were a bunch of like little things that were all hinting at the injustice storyline from yes. the video game yep. being brought in, as particularly Flash's dream scene. That was not the Bruce. I don't think that was a dream. I think well, that's an actual. It's implied that it's a dream in the context of this film, it's, and I yeah. think in future films will realize that it was probably a crossing over in the multiverse. But right now, as far as we know, the canon is that Bruce was dreaming. So don't mess with that flow, McFall. I, I, I don't think it's just think, DC. We don't have canon anymore. I, it wasn't even implied. I think I mean with it would have been implied other other than the fact that uh, we had a Barry Allen coming through a portal yelling at him. Um, yeah, but but that's your, yeah. that's your that, he, that's he your post credit stinger. That's your right. post credit yeah, stinger right there, and it's in the middle of the movie. Yes, right. Yes, and it is definitively ambiguous. When Bruce wakes up again from the Barry Allen dream, the papers are still swirling around Thank the room you. from the effects of That's the That's exactly what I was going to point out. Yes. Yep. Or the yep. whatever it is. It may, may boom tube, time travel, however he's getting there. Cosmic treadmill. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm definitely acknowledging that you're right, McFall. Okay. It's, it's clearly not a dream, but in the context of the film, the way it was presented, I think only people like us get that. Yeah. Your layman is not going to walk in and be like, "Oh, that's not a dream. That's like totally crossing over in the multiverse." Yeah, I, that that moment, I had to actually, in the whole movie, I didn't explain the desert dream, which I won't get back into, but I didn't explain anything to my wife other than when that happened. It's so out of place for averages for regular human beings who are not us. That Linda was like, "That's the Flash. He's actually crossing either through a universe or through time." Shut up and listen. And so she, she's like, "Oh, okay." Uh, and and listen to arguably the hardest lines to listen to in the entire movie because yeah. they were garbled so badly. Yes, so badly. Best line though. They were rough. Am I too soon? I'm too soon. And doom. Yeah. Gone. It was actually funny in the middle of all that, right? Yeah. He was actually yeah. more understandable than Tom Hardy's Bane, which was a nice touch. Damn straight he was. I liked Bane. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, Barry Allen was the most lighthearted thing in this movie going, am I too soon? Yeah, I'm too soon. Yeah. That was like the funniest thing in this movie. And that's... I want to. I do. I am looking forward to a Flash movie. I think the I, funniest yeah. thing in the movie was when Jimmy Olsen got shot in the head. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was pretty nuts. Tis that bringing a camera in a digital world. Right, 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 right. But technically, they. Ne- I didn't see a name tag. So if, I, if there's a name tag that I missed, I, I, I can be no, wrong. It's, they never it's, called him Jimmy yeah, or they, Olsen uh, or anything. It's they, they credited. Credits. Eventually confirmed it. <laughs> no, why would? Why and it's in the deleted scenes. That? It's in the deleted scenes. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's like uh, Zack Snyder's similar to JJ talking about killing off uh, Jar Jar. He's like, uh, I don't want a little plucky kid running around with Superman. I'm going to just kill him off. <laughs> you know, right. uh, no, no, Snyder, Snyder Snyder came out and actually described this. What now? I, he, uh, he, no, no, Snyder actually came out and has already talked about the killing off Jimmy Olsen. He did. He, he said uh, it was. He essentially <laughs> said, look, we have a lot on our plate and Jimmy Olsen is not going to fit there. Sorry, guys. Uh, well, all right. They said that uh, this will be something fun to do with them. They have a lot they're going to deal with. They don't want to be dealing with like Superman having a sidekick. So it's cute to play with him, but that was as far as they wanted to go. I have suspected it was our nemesis, Diane Nelson, saying, look, we got him over in Supergirl. You can't have him. Right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Diane! Diane. All right, so this, this whole dream sequence, there was part of the cinematography that really captured me, and then, then knowing 
I don't remember the official name of the the demon type bugs. Parademons. 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 I do know who they come from, which if uh, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty ninety percent sure I know they come from Dark Side, right? No, Jack Kirby. Wait, no, you're good. <laughs> God, that was Jack a, Kirby. That I mean, was the a, fictional character. That, that that was the coolest. That was the the coolest super geek moment I think I've ever been a part of. God, what a nerd! You're such a fucking nerd. You're just mad that right. Jack Kirby took the new gods away from Marvel and took them over to DC. Oh wait, you don't know that. You don't read comics. Never mind. <laughs> From the top row. It's good. It's good that you read comics, so you're so invested in thinking this movie's good, even though it's not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. All right, boys. Settle up. You know what? I would like to retract the 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 Indian Ocean scene is my second favorite thing in the movie. Okay. The opening the opening credits with Bill Finger. Right. That was good. Oh yes. The mention of Bill Finger. It it oh it heartens me every time. Should have okay, been with. Lighten, should have just had Bob Kane gone. Why that's important. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. So for years, the world was told that Bob Kane created Batman. Right. And because, it was demanded right. in his contract that every time you use him, it says created by Bob Kane. Yes. That was actually a it trivia was, question that I had to change recently. He had a wonderful lawyer, whoever the hell that was. That This guy was amazing and scrupulous. <laughs> Uh, I got you. So I, I forget now. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, the uh, Bill Finger was the artist. Is that correct? Bill Finger pretty much created Rider. the majority of Batman's Rose Gallery. Uh, there actually is some evidence now that Jerry Robinson created the Joker. Um, but uh, yeah, Bill Finger created most of the things that we know and love about Batman. Uh, Bob Kane just kind of drew like a guy in a red shirt who was blonde headed and had bat wings, like Da Vinci bat wings. So Bob okay. Kane can suck it. And I do understand that some of you have time constraints and we might have to jump off. So let's go back to this, this desert scene. You immediately, when Batman uh, is tricked by a box with light bulbs, I went, great. Because I was trying to figure out what the hell is this desert thing? Is this uh, Flash Forward in the future? I don't understand. <laughs> like, oh, no. The greatest detective in the world would not fall for a box with a battery and light bulbs in it. And then immediately pulls out pistols. No. I'm like, oh, that's, no. that's he awesome. He fell for his men betraying him. Yeah. So. Well, there's that, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then, did you notice how slow he moved through everything? And I went, I personally took that as, oh, they really took this whole dream thing two steps forward. And whenever you dream, you can't control your movements, and nothing moves like it's supposed to. You can't to. run. And, oh, that was so awesome. Yeah. See, yeah, I took it I, more I as part a bit. I took it more as he's older and maybe injured. Also, it's 110 degrees out there, and he's in, like, Kevlar. I mean, yeah, he's in Kevlar, but, I, I mean, yeah, they took – see, they <laughs> took some of that from uh, Red Sun storyline, right? Uh, the the super right. soldiers, if you will. Uh, I don't know what they're actually called. I know they're not super, but they're superman soldiers, whatever. That is exactly uh, what, what I prefer to call them. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I just made it up. So that's how <laughs> comic books are made. You just make crap up. Woo! Uh, that actually, that's accurate. But I, I took, but the whole thing that he pulled out pistols first, and he, no gadgets, no just pulled out pistols, started shooting people, and his flips were slow. Everything was, even the other people were really slow. The demons kind of flew in slow. So it was, it was, 
I thought it was a really good portrayal of a dream. Is what I took it as. It, even I think it's, it's not, the actual it's still future a good portrayal of a future reality because we're talking about a few years in the future. This guy might be pushing forty-five, pushing fifty. He's not yeah, moving that fast. Maybe Th- this guy's not a top-rated athlete anymore. Yeah, I don't think you could uh, move that quickly in that kind of gear anyway. Ask anybody from Fury Road. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know, but right. I, don't know. I think it's the future. I think it's going to be like Justice League Part Two, or at least, at the very okay. least, a, a, a possible future. Well, it's definitely a possible future. If nothing else, at the very least, it's. Uh, the nightmare of Bruce Wayne, where in uh, like part of his nightmare would be that his first instinct would be to pull a pistol. Yeah, that part resonated to me. And so, like that for him is something that wakes him up in the middle of the night, thinking, "Oh my God, what happened?" Yeah. So is, you yeah. think there's a possibility that the 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 desert sequence is actually a dream? But he doesn't. He shouldn't know about parademons and, and dark side. That's the only. No, thing I think dark side is sending. See, to me, I think dark side is sending communications that he's coming. I think that's what it because he has a that's the I like crypt. the idea that it's subtle like that you know subliminal in a way yeah I think it's an invasion of the mind I think if they add those scenes back ding, ding, with ding, maybe ding, Lex ding, ding. or something else you'll see maybe there's some kind of extra communication going on that we don't know about because the the demons don't behave they do whatever they want to do out of the context of this dream right including coming up and yeah. punching him in the back of the head right that had nothing right. to do with what was going on with the dream. You know, they're they're taking super soldiers and the bat soldiers all at the same time doing weird stuff. I totally think it's dark side somehow there's a leak of communication that is getting into these dreams that well, presumably other people are having too, but we don't know. We only saw Batman's or Bruce Wayne's, whatever. Uh if you cast, you mm-hmm. still here, you had to go. We are still here. We're all right. log so, off, unfortunately. Real quick, real quick. MCU cast, MCUcast.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash MCUcast, giant size team up network. They're right yeah. there on the top with DC on screen and breaking the panel. And from the helicarrier, check them out. What are you going to record tonight? What, what are you covering tonight, guys? Oh, we're covering uh, Agents week, of S.H.I.E.L.D. from this week. Very, very cool episode. Lots of deep continuity things in the MCU, lots of references to Avengers and stuff tonight. So it was a lot of fun. Well, good. Thank you guys for coming on and sharing your opinions on Batman versus Superman. Check Thanks them out us. every week. You can get them through iTunes and everywhere else I just listed. So you guys have fun. We're going to carry on. Before Thanks, guys. we go. You guys have fun, too. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you you got a, you a final go. word before we go? Yeah, I mean, I've been, I guess, hailed as not a comic book reader by Dave all night. <laughs> I just want to say, when you put too many comic books into one movie, like this one, you get a steaming pile of Zack Snyder. <laughs> so, a steaming pile of awesome. Excellent, thank you. The blender? <laughs> I just want to take take issue that it's just not funny that I can't read, and I really don't like <laughs> Dave continuing to harp on that and releasing that to the internet. You can at least look at the pictures, Matt, we forgive man. you. I do look at the pictures. <laughs> they don't make any sense. I listen to the audiobooks, but you say that's not reading. Uh, it's not reading. <laughs> oh, can you imagine Bat- Batman reading Go the F to Sleep? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. You go have a great show, and we appreciate you being on. And uh, we'll continue to pro- show and grow the network and have more family dinners like we're having right now. Yeah. We'll argue with you later. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, we'll go. We'll go, go enjoy our one universe. Yeah, go go enjoy your long term continuity, man. <laughs> oh, it's pretty sweet. We're gonna go swim in that for a while. See you later. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Right, so let's get to the the end now. Going back to you talking about Chris with the opening and the story and this and that and the other. I got to tell you, I think the majority, or at least a good paying portion of an audience that's going to see this movie just doesn't have a clue. And I love my dad to death, but he makes me pinch my nose, lift my glasses, and shake my head every time we talk about comics. Every time. Because literally, he called me the other day. My son's birthday is today. He's going over to see his grandparents this weekend. And my dad's like, I had just literally gotten back from seeing Batman versus Superman. And he goes, Hey man, I know you, you you guys see this all the time, and you go watch this stuff. Like, yeah, Dad, I, I run a network about comics. I pretty much have to see things opening weekend. But yes, go ahead. And he goes, "Well, I thought I'd take you know, Oakland to go see it, but you know, the one thing I don't understand is why is Batman and Superman fighting?" I'm like, "Dad, just just go see, go see the movie. Call me after. I'll explain everything. You just I, so there's your audience, Chris. Is people don't even understand why Batman and Superman would be fighting? No, honestly, what's worrying me more." is the people who come out of the film saying, why are Batman and Superman fighting? Like, what were you watching? Yeah. Yeah. That... Were, were you were you counting the kernels of popcorn until the bottom? Like, what, what were you doing for the majority of this film? Oh, wisdom. Question. We forgot to do our betting pool. Did Clot sleep through this oh. film or not? Oh, yeah. We probably... <laughs> <laughs> nah. I did not. It was my day off. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I was well-rested and prepared to watch the entire film. In its entirety. If it would have happened in the first hour, that would have been understandable. Yeah. Now, I, <laughs> now I love, I do love how they handled the actual People battle. People died in the first hour of the film. Why are we worried about its <laughs> amount of adventure? Uh, I love how they handled the final battle between Batman and Superman. Batman should always win. I came into this going... Everybody's like, oh, who do you think would win? There's no argument. There's no argument. In every iteration ever, Batman wins because he's human and he's smarter and he doesn't have the stupid moral high ground that Superman has. No, he put it on one occasion that uh, Clark relies on on strength and uh, he relies on his his wits, just period. And uh, on the other occasion, he, he puts it as like Clark knows he has to hold back and he doesn't have to. Right. They, yeah, there's that, that gives him an edge. So, um, I, and you say what more high ground? I don't mean he has a more high ground, but he's the Boy Scout. He's the we do good because it's good kind of guy. Not in this movie. Like, Not in this universe. <laughs> well, I don't think that's Chris, fair. There are more movies real, coming. I don't think there's a real instance of him just saying, "I don't do good for good." I don't know what you're referencing. <laughs> I'm saying just in general. But the thing is, like you, like I believe I heard Jason say, you know, he planned that battle out step by step. He put the spear in the place that he believed everything would end up. He knew the chess match. He knew the players. And sure enough, in the last crash, there they are, five feet away from the spear. Right. You can see him taking punches that you, you can tell he was just taking the punch. Uh, he, he was directing the battle. You mean right. the entire fight? It was, yeah. It was master <laughs> strategy Which is exactly the, the way that should... When he shot Superman with the kryptonite gas and Superman's choking, and you just hear that evilness come out. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. It's like, dude. Oh, yeah. That's creepy as hell, man. You're losing it a little bit, Brucey. Pull it back. Pull it back, man. And by the way, uh, that you're losing it a little bit, pull it back, 
take that and apply it to the moment where he realizes the uh, the Martha connection. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Not to mention the fact that the entire fight, he's trying reiterating to himself that Clark isn't a man. He's not a human. So right. he can feel he better about his kill. Film trying to dehumanize him. Yeah. Because it, like, I th- that's. I think the core of who Batman is and what Alfred was trying to remind him of is with, in no certain terms, you don't kill, you know, that's the thing. And he, he was trying to talk himself up to be the hunter, to take out this menace before this menace could take out or this possible. The whole time he said the possibility of a menace, he said, what happens if he turns, what happens when he has a bad day? You know, it's not that Superman is a menace. Is that he could be, and he's trying to hype himself up to take this thing out prematurely, going against everything he almost everything he believes in to do this. And 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 Brian Abbott and I were talking yesterday. He wasn't able to be on the show today. He really wanted to be, uh, but you know he had a problem when Superman sliced or when Batman sliced Superman's cheek with the spear. He's like Batman doesn't torture. I was like, no, no, no. I I see this in a whole different light. I don't see no. he was torturing Superman. I think he was trying to make him bleed, like he said earlier, like you guys called back to. But I think also yeah. when of all again, I don't have person firsthand knowledge, and I didn't study this in college. But all the TV I've watched, whenever there's a serial killer or a murderer, the first time's always the weirdest and the weakest. And I think Batman was trying to talk himself into murder, and the Martha thing threw him off. Now, you guys run on the Martha thing because a lot of people have issues with that, that, oh, there's the name, and it threw him off. What do you guys think about that moment? No. That, that, yeah. Dave, Dave came out immediately understanding this. I'm going to leave it to him. All right, Dave. Um, well, uh, you know, the the beginning of the movie when when um, comedian says Martha, <laughs> um. And then once again, we see her name at the mausoleum. It was like Batman is, you're you're exactly right. Batman is hyping himself up, trying to convince himself this isn't a human. He says it over and over and over and over. Um, So, but when he starts squeaking out Martha, he starts freaking out, of course. And he realizes his his mother's name. Well, that's his, you know, Batman's mother's name. It's not that, oh, cool, guys. We have the cool. We have the same mother. Her mother's have the same name. We have the same mother. <laughs> no. Well, I think there was a comic that did what that. Up, bro? But anyway. Yeah, it's not that. Um, um, <laughs> it's not that. It's that, oh, my God, he has a mother. Yeah, I think so. I think it brought back the, of Batman or, well, Bruce Wayne and Batman, both the same person. Dwelling on his parents and yet not dealing with their death. I mean, that was, I think, part of the whole dream scene of in the mausoleum where he's visiting again with flowers and another parademon breaks through and, and tries to eat his face. It was it was weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, has never I focused been on the name at first, but I, think, I like your take on it. I think, Klotz, what do you think about that? What do you think about David's take? Uh... Wisdom, what do you think about David's take? Hate it when you do that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. He's, I, I understand, and that's what, what I chalked it up to, that he was trying to talk himself up to the kill. Uh-huh. The problem that I have with that is he's trying to separate him from being human because he's got a problem with killing humans, apparently, because he's got to talk himself to, to, to recognize that Superman's not human. It's okay to kill this guy. But he had no problem killing the 40 dudes it took to get the kryptonite. I mean... They, are they not human? So I don't understand where this sudden problem with killing humans came yeah, from. There's dude. a difference between fighting a war and f- 
flat out murder. I yeah, think. but that he, Chris just called <laughs> it out, dude. The the biggest scene that like because I know that are, there are a lot of folks who are upset with how Batman was portrayed in certain scenes. The whole chase, 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 the whole chase sequence uh, from the boat, you know, back to LexCorp, that doesn't make any sense to me. That wasn't the Batman that we've been led to believe exists at this point. Uh-huh. He was killing people left and right. I mean, he might not have been pulling a trigger, but when you shoot a grappling hook into a car and then slam it down so that it explodes. <laughs> You're killing people. Like, I mean, and these aren't like the context had not been established that these were enemy combatants yet. They're just security guards escorting cargo for a guy you suspect is a bad dude. Like they're security guards uh, escorting cargo that he knows is illicit cargo. These are people that are assigned to uh, to a detail that is, is already an underground detail. Right, but that's none of that's that doesn't mean that they're you know worthy of being murdered. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, well, like, well, they just, were shooting at him. After, well, okay, the first car well, he yeah, attacked, we, they didn't do crap, but then after that, uh, I, I I think this might be one of those scenes where maybe there should have been some more scenes establishing what was going well, on. Yeah, clearly you needed to have yeah. the scene where they steal candy from children and then, you know, like, <laughs> vote for Trump. an elderly person before <laughs> oh, he oh. just wantonly murders them. Look, Zack Snyder has already talked about this. He has cited the uh, all the other Batman movies that have ever been made, even the Adam West version. He describes it more as manslaughter than murder. Um, you know, he's Batman's going to do what he's got to do. If the guys accidentally kill themselves or do something stupid to, to cause their own death, that's that's on them. It's a little more akin to the uh, "I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you," which we've seen in every Batman movie, <laughs> even the Christopher Nolan movie. But I don't think uh, that that's what was demonstrated here when he literally grappling hooks a car and slams it into another car, and when he, you know, basically drives into the back of the truck in such a way that if anybody was there, still he would have squashed them like a bug. That sequence was the one sequence where I'm totally on board with the people who are like, that was out of character for Batman. Um, Because it was just, to me, you know, they're a security detail hired to escort cargo. They, we can assume that they knew what it was, like at least the leaders did, but the average guys didn't know what they're escorting. They work for a major corporation, LexCorp. I feel like that's a jump of logic as much as saying that they didn't know what they were escorting. Like it, it, they might have known, they might not have known, but either way, I'm making, uh, I, I'm, I'm taking another step that the film does, d- didn't necessarily give me. And he's, there's something called felony murder, where um, if, if you're, say I rob a bank, and uh, my intention was never to kill somebody. I, I robbed a bank with an unloaded gun. It was, a, it was a toy gun. But if the security guard has a heart attack because he doesn't know what's happening, it's felony murder, and I'm up for a murder charge now. It. There's a thing that can happen that's 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 that real, and for me, a lot of what Batman does in this film is in that context. Look, you maybe you didn't jump across that line. Yeah, it, it like a lot of this for me, it doesn't jump over a line in any case. It's it's always been, hey man, you you chose your side, 
And if I if I throw my grapple in in the middle of a battle and you happen to to die in the middle of that, look, you were chasing you were chasing a tank in the middle of the streets, shooting at it. Clearly, you had murderous intentions. I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. You didn't make it out of this. He was chasing their security detail. I yes. mean, he, he started he is what you're saying, and he did. Any of us, like any of us, if we were hard, hired as a security guard, assuming we had military background and we knew how to handle ourselves, if you're mm. escorting cargo and a tank shows up and starts shooting at you, or at least pursuing you, it's your job to shoot or deter them. And then he murders them. He's supposed to be the better, you know, but guy your, in that situation. I actually think you do see them getting up in to, the background to shoot back. It's your job as a human, though, to decide whether you're, it's worth it to shoot back. I do think you saw a bunch of those guys get up in the background. I, I will say because we won't have an answer on this unless until maybe they come out with the extra stuff and, and retcon it a little bit. The only possible anchor that they gave us in this film was a line that he gave to Alfred when Alfred showed him the picture of the branding and and, and of the child molester or the whatever he was uh, there in the picture. Sex trafficker. Bruce Wayne's response was, we're criminals, Alfred. We always have been. Nothing's changed. And that's when, of course, he went Love into that. the anger and the cruel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the only possible anchor we have for that scene because – I get what you're saying, Klaus. We just don't have enough lead up to make us go, make our minds jump with it. Uh, well, I was yeah, okay with the scene, but I agree that there wasn't well, enough. Later, later in the film, like when he's rescuing Ma Kent, you yes. know, um, he redirects like bullet spray and stuff like that into other guys. And in that context, I totally get it. Like yes. I, I don't have a problem with it. I understand it um, because he went in, he infiltrated that building. He infiltrated that building knowing that those guys were bad people who kidnapped somebody under orders, you know, and at that they're point, they're going they, to kill her. And at that point, they had all of the evidence. He had all the evidence he needed to know that these are bad dudes. It's just that before that, when he's pursuing the kryptonite, that hadn't really been established for me. Um, and yeah, so I guess, uh, I mean, it's not a big enough issue to ruin the movie for me, but it definitely like stood out to me as something that could have, I think it was one of those situations where the filmmaking got in the way of the storytelling and where they're like, well, we need this exciting chase sequence and we want to do all this stuff. And it's like, well, but are you fitting that into the context of the, the world you're pulling inspiration from or not? And I, I guess I'm willing to be more flexible with that than some people, <coughs> Chris. <laughs> um, but at the same time not willing to completely give up my my attachment to that source material so i guess i'm I'm just kind of conflicted by that scene sure sorry the source material is so varied that i can give it a lot of leeway and i think you know what they were presenting was they've made a clear point that he has gotten very brutal and it's been pretty uh pretty recent um, so I'm seeing a broken Batman. They even described it as that, um, the, the cast and the director. Um, I think he, it, he just doesn't care. He's, he, the, he doesn't care about killing these guys who are, who have made and, their choice and who are doing the wrong thing. But the big issue is that he sees this guy who is very clearly taking the right stance and he says, no, you're too powerful. You have to die. That's the real issue here. And hopefully, you know, Superman's sacrifice at the end of the picture makes him kind of step back that that mentality. And I will say, whether it's a flashback or not, in the Suicide Squad, he doesn't have the turrets on the Batmobile. So there's that. Right. Uh, I think that was very clearly a, a character leap um, 
as was you know the <laughs> all of the drinking like batman's an alky in this movie man <laughs> he's got wine <laughs> bottles everywhere well and that's so, i mean that that goes right to one of the 18 storylines they decided to take inspiration from absolutely but even even when you go to dark knight returns and you get to that penultimate scene with the joker it's not batman that does the killing yeah, it's not. No, no, Joker does it himself. Right. Yeah, exactly. So again, why do I have to have a Batman who, yes, vengeance has always been his motto, but he's also, there's an accountability thing. There's justice with that vengeance. It's not, I'm not the jury and the executioner. Well, it's vengeance tempered by justice. Well, like when this, when, yeah, like when the comic started out, he killed, and then he was like, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to keep doing this. This is too far. Well, maybe he just has that, maybe he has that moment later on in his life. I'm okay with that as long as he eventually gets to that place where he's like, no, I was right before. I shouldn't kill. Like, I'm okay seeing him do that. That is a very good point that in this Batman universe, perhaps he has not hit that moment yet because that is, I would, I point that issue out to everybody who's like, oh, Batman never killed. No, that's not true. Batman has killed plenty. And then he had that moment. And of course, it was in the 40s. But he for us, but he right. had that moment in the comics of nope, that's not what I'm going to do. It's not what I'm about, and maybe he hasn't had that here. I did like how he he changed things in that fight with uh, get to Kent, uh, how he handled that. However, music is everything, okay. Mm-hmm. And in the preview trailer for that fight, the music was like metal and action, and he just made that fight <laughs> brutal. Here is a beautiful score, and I just kind of went, huh. That's not nearly as brutal now. That's almost gentle Batman bashing his face into the ground. Awesome. I, I didn't I'm even sorry, notice man. the He was difference. putting heads through plaster. I didn't need music cues. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, let's wrap this up, getting to some of the final scenes. Uh, how did you like the shooting and handling cinematography, whatever the phrasing is, of when – He's taking Doomsday into space, and that nuke is hot on their tail. They're both, like, looking. They take turns looking at it and then punching the other guy while they're looking, right? <laughs> it's kind yeah. of fun, but how'd you like No, that feels right that? for, like, the Superman-Doomsday dynamic. That feels absolutely accurate. Yeah, it yeah. was great. Like it. Yeah, they're, they're like both it. like, oh, look at the puny humans trying Punch. to Im- impact this at all. Punch. Like, it, yeah. like, the subtext is, oh, this will be mildly annoying. Punch. Right. Pretty much. That's yeah. exactly the look yeah. that he gives it as it's like, he's like, ah, oh, I guess I better do right. this so that. This is going to be set me back at least three and a half minutes. Yeah. So cl- clearly. Yeah. I'm, oh, man, I'm going to take a two minute nap uh. and then I'm going to be fine because <laughs> your son is awesome and I, I'm a awesome. Power nap, if you will. Oh, I'm so glad. I so love that they pulled from the death and life of Superman for that. Uh, and it did it in such a good way. That the audience knows kind of what's going on, but the world in that universe does not because nobody saw what happened. And sure enough, right. he technically died, although not at the hands of Doomsday. He died at the hands of well, but that's Nuke. yeah, that's not that's not from that's not from Death of Superman though. That's from Dark Knight yeah, Returns. No, no. That, that portion right, right. of correct. Well, is it, okay, so I didn't read that one, but what I got out of it was I know I know the Death and Life of Superman. I'm sending you a copy. That's happening. Yeah, Doomsday kills Superman. Right. And they bury him away from the sun and, and you get all these other the actual man of steel, John something or other, and you get all these other things that the clone they bring out the clone <laughs> at that point, blah blah blah. 
I'm not that filthy of a wow. casual. I remember some of this shit. I've got the novel sitting somewhere collecting dust, bastards. I know that is, what I'm that on is, about a little bit. That is a blending of knowledge, sir. It is. A little bit. It is. What I'm saying is, I know it's the, the sun regenerates him. He can't necessarily die. The sun brings him back. The 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 face, man, the face that was all sunken and, and deformed. Where he looked like Bizarro. Yeah, it's, it's a face that like a funeral director couldn't save. It's, yeah. That thing's screwed. It's a cadaver in space. It's wonderful. Well, oh, and that's, that again, no. that's that's by panel from Dark Knight Returns. Nice. Oh, I loved it too. It didn't it just it, there's a little bit of chill in the spine, right? When you saw that? Oh man. I loved it. Every every time that there, I saw a panel from a comic book in this movie, of which there were many, I got a chill. And I was like, okay, yeah. there's 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 the stuff in there for the fans. For the Perhaps for the you fans. should wear a sweater to the theater next time, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it, it, wouldn't it, it would not have helped me. It would not have helped me in this film. So and I actually got a chill without knowing that was a panel. I thought that was great. Yeah, there, there. Like while we're on the topic of that, mm-hmm. there are some. Even if they're not necessarily panels from the books, there are some truly incredible moments throughout the film. Like it, it, sometimes it's just a look, you know, on somebody's face. Sometimes it's like like one of the my favorites was in the final showdown with Doomsday after they come back to Earth, and. He starts to charge up the eye lasers while he's looking at Batman and Batman grappling hooks away. Mm-hmm. The, just the, the pacing of that moment was so key for me. And I was like, oh, this is so great. I actually love that entire battle, by the way. Um, yeah. There were a wonderful. couple individual I, movements that I didn't love completely. But for the most part, I thought it was really well choreographed. I thought like it really did a good job of showing, OK, well, Superman and Wonder Woman can stand toe to toe with doomsday and, but they're not really making any progress. Um, whereas Batman is literally just trying to provide a distraction and not die. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which was the the best part was like, as they flash from person to person, I kept, I had like a goldfish memory where I was going, Oh my God, he's here too. Oh my God, she's here too. Oh my God, that guy. (laughs) I I was so, so excited. It was good. Man, I, this was, this was Saturday morning cartoons if I'd already had four bowls of cereal. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Which is great because it like this was one of the only big, like, you know, how to capstone moments in one of these comic films where you have the big battle with all the characters involved, where I felt like it looked like panels from a book. Where mm-hmm. quick shot of this character doing this thing, and then they cut away to the other one, then they cut away to exposition mid story, and they cut back to like that was really well done. The pacing was good, and there were a lot of really scenes. I'm sorry, I feel like Snyder is the guy to trust for that. Like, Watchmen is still my favorite comic book film of all time, as far as how well it was done. Like, that man, he he had. 150% respect for that book when he did it. It looked phenomenal. And there was absolutely nothing that I lost. Like, in fact, the like replacing the squid with the whole television uh, progeny thing, like that that added to the story rather than subtracted. It was it was wonderfully adapted. I really like, yeah, okay. that's that's one of those things that I never have understood why he gets as much flack as he does, especially for Watchmen. Like people talk about it and they'll, they'll say things like that was complete garbage. He had no loyalty to the book. He just completely ruined it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like so much of that film was panel for panel, the entire book. Like, I don't think you could try to recreate a comic book 
and be more accurate than that film was for most of it, for about 90% of it. Did, didn't you feel like, like when you finished that film, he, you felt like he had like a copy at his bedside that was feathered, torn, dog-eared. Like this man has read that book. And, and my mind just jumped to like the, the pan away shot where you see a stack of like 20 other copies of it. There are more threadbare, you know what I mean? Like that are completely <laughs> <Right>? ruined. <laughs> With other notes for each executive assistant, you know? Yeah. A, a copy for the DP with certain, like, whole things circled. And, yeah, man, I, he loves these things. He actually does love these products. And that I, I, it comes across to me in this film, even. There you go. Uh, so, and a little footnote on that. Every time David says the comedian, he's referring to the actor who played the comedian in The Watchmen. Right. So. So, but but filthy casuals don't get that. And had I not seen that movie and understood the actor, because I remember the actor, I would not have put the name the comedian with that. So I I'm piecing the puzzle together in my brain. Like, why does he keep saying the comedian? What am I? Oh yeah, that's the Watchmen. <laughs> because apparently we can't just be in one universe when we talk about things here. No, I laughed when I saw the casting. Going, oh Snyder, you liked him, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So speaking of what could have been a stinger. We, you mentioned that earlier, Jason, with uh, uh, what was going on. There was no stinger, which, by the way, what what the hell? I mean, don't I understand? I understand DC. You said no comedy because MCU is all about laughter and comedy, so we're not gonna have any one liners, no jokes. But they had two, right. and they fell so flat. Yeah, so very flat. I was so annoyed with with. I thought was she with you, and then with yeah. Martha. I'm a friend of your son. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of got that from the cake. No, every time Perry White's on the screen, he's making me laugh. Two lines, two lines, like, and we went to the earliest possible viewing on Thursday night for this film, and the two lines that got a laugh out loud from the the audience were, "Is she with you?" Mm-hmm. and "Oh yeah, the cape." No, you know what? The Basically, only line that I they got played that for the in, audience in my audience got a laugh out loud moment was Batman said, "Oh." Uh, that got a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that got a laugh with us. Um, I'll be honest. Yeah, that, that got a laugh, but I think it was immediately interrupted by, oh, shit, what's happening? Yeah. Right. And every time Perry White was on screen, he got a laugh. He did. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The film was not completely without levity, but it was it was very clearly dry levity. And mm-hmm. yeah. that will differentiate it from the MC, uh, the, the MC universe, I suppose. Well, what I'm, well, all I'm saying is I know there's been a, a, an official decree trying to separate themselves from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, I get that. That was a rumor. But why no Stinger? Stingers are a staple <sighs> of movies that tie each other together, and you're building a universe here. Why did you give me... Why did you give me the stupid email from Bruce Wayne to uh, Diana, you know, Wonder Woman? You know, I get do the first part. Here's the picture, but it's not. It's not. You, it doesn't belong to you. It is you, and leave it there. Then the stinger is you go back to that scene, you revisit that scene, and then she opens the files, and then she shows you Cyborg and the Flash and Aquaman, which was all handled really well. I thought the whole little file thing, and we've been collecting data. Luther's been collecting data. I thought that was an amazing reveal of what the Justice League was going to be. device, right? Just Actually, do you know it after the stinger. Been, what should have been the stinger was, because the movie had too many climaxes, it did. What should have been the stinger is we cut back after the credits to Lois actually dropping the dirt on the casket. And then the dirt flooded. And then the dirt. The dirt yeah, rises. okay, yes. Right. Yes, that would have been great. End the film. 
on that grim note, like, oh, yay, we won, but boo, we lost Superman. And then <laughs> awesome stinger. We stayed. We like we stayed in the theater because I didn't know if there was going to be a stinger too, or yeah. not. And I was like, what? No. Uh, yeah, we did too. I will say I'll give the movie this credit, though. That film's credits were a lot faster than a lot of these other comic films have been. <laughs> because some of them, I feel like I'm sitting there for like 15 more minutes and I'm like, what the hell? How is right. how is how are we not at the stinger yet? Like what? But yeah, no, this uh yeah, totally. There's a point where the like the size of bladder increases the perception of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so full disclosure, I'm sitting there and somebody from the movie theater comes like there's nothing in the end. I'm like the hell you say? So I pull out my phone. I text my expert on the movie, Jason Goss, and went, so no stinger? He's like, nope, go pee. <laughs> like, ah, oh, how did you know? Okay, sounds good. I sent Jason that same message. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, go relieve yourselves. It's okay. Yeah. All right, any last words on this film? Uh, oh, oh, one last question. Is this the tentpole movie that they needed to base a universe off of? Jason. Yes. Honest to God, yes. But, uh, I, I but, don't know. Sure. You don't know? <laughs> but, I, I, For me, absolutely. For everybody else, apparently they don't understand or they didn't like it or there, there's so many issues. I don't know. But for me, absolutely. Um, I think it'll do the job though. Paul, they built the crap out of this thing. Like the, the, the whole, the, the subtitle of this film is basically Dawn of justice. It's darkest before the dawn. This is the gritty thing you had to get through before you get to justice league, before you get to all these just rewarding films. Yeah. There's so much more ahead of you. You had to get through mommy and daddy fighting. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, it's nothing but what's his name. What's the what's the secondary writer's name? The guy that came in and fixed David Goyer's shit. Oh, <laughs> Chris Terrio. I don't know. Chris Terrio. Well, oh, Ben Chris Affleck Terrio? was the third yeah, guy that yeah, fixed Terrio's. Uh, Chris Terrio came in and said that this was his Empire Strikes Back. Like this is going to be the darkest. We're going to see it. So yeah, yeah. Paul Klotz, what do you think? Absolutely. Um, I, I like I said before, I went into this with. With grim expectations, like I did not think that I would get much out of this, and I was completely blown away. Um, as I said before, I still understand why pe- there's some crit- fair criticism out there, um, but the big thing for me is like this really did a good job without having the X number of films that the MCU had to set up the future of this franchise. Yeah, it had it, one film. It had one film to say, okay, we got the green light to do it. We're going to do Justice League. So here goes. Um, I thought it was great. Like I thought it was awesome the way they previewed the characters that are coming up. Um, they get just a taste. Like, come on, Aquaman? Dude, how how freaking awesome was that? Yeah. Like First good, genuine, sincere take of Aquaman ever on screen. Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, uh, Cyborg was so cool. Um, Flash was oh. like... God. Flash was tongue in cheek and I liked it. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm I am perfect. ready for the future of this franchise. I cannot wait to see Wonder Woman. I cannot wait to see the Justice League movie. Um, that is a big 
up for me. Like that's I, mm-hmm. I am a big Marvel fan. I like DC, but not to the same degree. This is kind of like this has sparked interest in going back to read some of the the series and and books that have contributed to this bit of a mess of a uh, <laughs> convoluted pull together. So I am totally stoked, <laughs> and I, I I'm really excited to see where they go with this now. My faith has been restored. Good. I will slide in a comment that Evan made to me yesterday, uh, referring to the files that were on the Justice League, basically the Wonder Woman logo, the Cyborg mm-hmm. logo. He goes, so are we saying that Lex Luthor invented the logos for all these characters, or does that just come standard with Lex OS? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was fun. So Chris Wisdom, same yep. question. Is this the tent pole, and can they build a universe off of this? Whether they can or not, they're going to. Um, I mean, again, separating myself from from back lore and the characters that I love, yeah, it, it was a good movie. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it when I look at it like that. I, I, I couldn't go in and just be the nitpicker guy. Um, so it, it's, it's serviceable for that. I, I, I think that evidence from the first hour of that movie, sorry, Jason, <laughs> Shows that they could have easily done some setup movies before they gave us the team flick. Oh, easily. So. All right. Uh, I but agree. Then they would have flopped like Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, however, I am, Wait, I, wait. Give Berlanti his due. It was a better script before everyone started messing with it. Yeah, I know. Mm, well, you and I, I have both beat that drum, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I will. I, I agree with everybody that uh, this is absolutely the temple. There are definitely some issues, and I'm glad that this is the darkest for the dogs. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it more intense, but faster. You know, I want more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want more of the Deadpool roller coaster or Jason Moore. That that there's some slow parts, but they're there to give the audience a chance to breathe before we get right back into. Oh my god, what the hell is happening? Parts. Well, I think you're going to get that intensity because you've got the murderer assembling the Justice League. So, (laughs) (laughs) wow! But hey, you know, if if it had been any faster than it was, I mean, people there are still some people who are complaining that it was all flash and 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 no substance. So, no, it was great substance in my book. No, we could have used some more flash. Yes, like Barry Allen. Yeah, it's hard to please everybody on this thing. There are people that were displeased by every possible aspect. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with, with them. I, eh. Sorry. What <laughs> convenience store have you guys been to that have cameras with a frame rate that could capture that? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, that, was, that was great. I was like, oh, well, it was tongue-in-cheek. It was fun. It was you cool. just replace your surveillance cameras with a GoPro. You're fine. DC on screen right now you need to go listen to you've heard a lot of great thoughts a lot of great discussion and a lot of great talk over where we've muted them out because too many people are talking at once so go check out DC on screens Batman versus Superman non-spoiler plus spoiler review it was spoiler free with free spoilers on the side so spoilerish review there you go. You can go, and that was right after the very first showing of the film. So go check that out uh, by all means. DCOnScreen.com, correct? That is it. Oh, yes, absolutely. Awesome. And what are you guys? Uh, oh, everything's back now, right? You've got, you're going to be covering the Flash and Arrow and Supergirl. All that's back now. It is. Oh, it's it's getting ridiculous. Uh, 
Yeah, flashback. There we go. Flashback. So <laughs> well put, well put, buddy. <laughs> these guys, these guys are the workhorses of the Giant Size Team Up Network for sure. You do five to six episodes a week, one for every DC property. Oh, almost every DC property on screen, and then the news. You don't do iZombie, so. Well, we do the DC universe properties. And... Vertigo is part yeah. of DC. Yeah, it was Vertigo, but Wait. Lucifer. The way I, the way I, we came up with that is like Superman has literally sat on the throne of hell. Okay. With and had <laughs> had dealings with Lucifer. Sure. So he's a DC right. universe property, whereas I Zombie is more of a independent, non DC universe, but published by DC property. Well, I, <laughs> I get that, but so, you know what? Lucifer is a terrible show. That is, that's doing that show is more work than any of the others combined. <laughs> Honest to God, and I've I've said uh, many times that I would rather cover <laughs> cover a zombie than Lucifer at this point. <laughs> Fair enough, honestly. Fair like, enough. We came up with rules to actually give it some, yeah. But yeah, drinking game, man, drinking game. Every time he's mm-hmm. he's cocky and tell me what you want, you take a shot. So, uh, oh dear God, we'd all die. <laughs> Check them out, DC on screen. I, I thoroughly enjoy listening to the episodes of the shows that I watch, uh, and I, I'm sure if I watched Gotham, that I would enjoy those episodes as well. And we've still got like Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Gotham, Lucifer, Legends of Tomorrow. They're all there. They're all there. So, mm-hmm. and of course, the movies, and they're going to be hitting Suicide Squad up in a few months. They're going to be hitting. So uh, I think that's all DC stuff this this year, but they're going to be checking so on about that. that. Well, I'd love Over to the see summer. when the Blu-ray comes out, guys. When the Blu-ray of this comes out, sit down, use the internet if you need to, but sit down, do an Easter egg show on this thing. What did we miss in the theaters? Not not necessarily <laughs> the extra content, which would be good, but the Easter eggs. Like we didn't even cover in the show the Riddler's effect on the the Batman universe, and and we got He's some there. Joker stuff there. So yeah. yeah, I think come July we're going to have a whole other review. Like there of the three-hour cut. That's what I see in our future, I think. Cool. That's about it. All right. Chris Wisdom and Paul Klotz are here every week on Breaking the Panel. We do this every week. We cover the back bends to the big screens. And most of the time, we give you opinions and editorials. We love to laugh. We definitely have no problems arguing. And I will be your card-carrying, filthy casual always. <laughs> so until next week, I have Charles for the crew saying... How do you like them apples? Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Giant Size Team-Up.